So, hello and welcome to FamilyCast 78, your FamilyCast for the latter part of April 2016. I'm your host, Danny Bivens. I'm back, whether you like it or not. I know James <laughs> probably doesn't, but uh, I'm back. Uh, good to be back. And, but uh, I want to say thanks, you know, James Charlton, who's here with us right now. Brazil, ah, twice. <laughs> not, now, and, uh, not now, do that after the podcast. Yes, and I also want to thank Ty, too. <laughs> Yep, ready to frag. <laughs> no, thanks, thanks to those guys for uh, holding down the fort and uh, Cyrus in my absence. And speaking of the man from Ireland, how you doing, man, Cyrus? That's me. I'm the Irish guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, you glad I didn't, are you glad I didn't accidentally say Scotland? I'm, I'm, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm American. I can make these type of mistakes, right? <laughs> Finland, no. Ireland, Scotland, it's the same thing, right? They all have a land in them. You get it. Danny, we got some feedback from the last episode, me and Ty in it, and it was the most highly received podcast we've ever had. Oh, we'll get yep. to that. Yeah. At Time, Time, <laughs> Time Magazine called it an epic experience, That fun for the whole family. Oh, yes. 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 The most epic blockbuster of the summer. I could be, oh. like, mixing up a few articles in my mind there, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Sounds about right. So, uh, to kick things off here, well, first, for our audio listeners, which are not listening live, obviously, we're going to take a quick (laughs) break. Well, we're going to kick the show off with we, you know, we normally kick things off with new business. And I mean, before the show started, there really wasn't a whole lot to talk about outside of new business and some of your guys' mail. But some kind of important stuff went down um, just a couple of hours ago. Nintendo, uh, well, it would have been throughout this day, you know, here in Japan. But uh, you know, there was the investors uh, meeting and stuff like that, and a lot of kind of interesting information came out. And um, I think first up, maybe we can talk a little bit about NX and about what they had to say about that. Kimishima so, dropping bombs. Yeah. All over the place. Megatons. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, you know, with the NX, it's basically said, okay, guess what? This is the first, like, official kind of an announcement about the NX, and all we're going to tell you is that right now that it's going to be coming out in March 2017. So... <laughs> And, and uh, also, video viewers can just look at my uh, my caption here. Hashtag <laughs> James was right. Let's yeah. just rewind, you know, several episodes back. What did I say? They're going to at least need at least a year to hype the NX up. There's no way it's going to come out, you know, Christmas this year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs> just, I'll just, just end, end the podcast right there. Drop the mic. Thank you, well, for gracing us with your almighty <laughs> presence. It You're is welcome. truly, truly an auspicious occasion. I don't yeah. even get paid for this. Yeah, Mike, Michael right? Pachter, he gets money for this. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Where's my where's my paychecks for talking on my ass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, with the NX as well, there is going to be no NX at all at E3. Um, so the next time we hear about the NX is who knows when. So your guys well, no, guess. No, I think, just to be clear, the way it was worded, it's not going to be playable. It's not going to be physically there, but that doesn't mean that they could have like a, some kind of feature reel. 
That's true. You know, like, do you remember the Wii U? They had that, um, you know, uh, some kid playing video games, and then the dad comes in and says, hey, get off the TV, and he starts wa- watching baseball, mm-hmm. and then the kid continues playing Mario in the other room on the gamepad, mm-hmm. that kind of video. So I just uh, had a flashback whoa. to uh, E3 2000, where everybody wanted to see the, the GameCube, mm-hmm. or as we knew it, the, the Project Dolphin, but you know, they didn't show it. They showed a bunch of 64 games, many of which were already out. <laughs> Brilliant. Not one announcement or anything other than, like, occasionally they would project this picture of a dolphin on the wall just to, like, <laughs> be the most giant cock tease ever. Well, James, just to yes. kind of clarify what you're saying there, too, from the, from the press release, it says, NX will not make an appearance at the upcoming E3 video game trade show in Los Angeles in June and will not be unveiled and will be unveiled later this year. Um, okay. That makes it sound so like... It could be like, you know, the day after E3. <laughs> it very well could be. Well, but, some people are saying it's because, you know, PS4K or Neo, whatever it's called, um, mm-hmm. and the Xbox One. Point five. What? <laughs> sure. um, could also be announced on, on in that E3. So you know, having three console announcements, you know, might overshadow something like that. So sure. it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely a thing. And one of the other, I mean, there are quite a few different things that came out of this, but I think there are two big ones that I think Nintendo fans really, really care about. And this other one has to deal with the Legend of Zelda. Um, right. So yeah, of course, this new Legend of Zelda is still coming out on Wii U, so that's good. But it's also actually going, when it releases, it's going to release simultaneously with, uh, simultaneously alongside an NX version of the game as well. So that could be saying that, which seems the most likely, that this is going to be coming out in March next year. Or <laughs> they could say it's coming out simultaneously, you know, Christmas 2017. <laughs> it could be something like that too. But... So, yeah, um, basically, NX launch title and uh, Wii U death title. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, too, they said that they're going to spend this E3 really, really focusing on showing off, you know, Zelda on Wii U. And they so much, even, that they're not going to be showing anything else on the show floor. Um, I believe their total, their, their official words were complete immersion. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means about a Zelda game, but Hyrule Hyrule Field is going to be at E3. Yeah, the the entire Nintendo booth is just grass. It's just and there's like a single Nintendo game in the middle of it. With ten booths in the middle, like people can play. You can ride a horse around on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's kind of weird. And here's the exact words: the Wii U version of the game will be playable for the first time on the E3 on E3 show floor, and it will be the only playable game. Nintendo presents at the show in order to provide attendees a complete immersion. So. It's funny watching Twitter because, like, all the NWR staff um, are kind of simultaneously saying, well, I'm not going anymore. Because, you know, unlike, you know, the big outlets, you know, who get paid to go there, you know, the NWR staff have to pay out their own pocket. So, you know, why would you spend upwards of $1,000 to go to an event where you can only play one game? <laughs> so I can understand why people, you know many staff are kind of like, okay, I'll be the home team this year. You know, home team is like you know the guys who stay back at home and just write write up the articles about 
you know, what people are playing on the show floor. But if all people are playing on the show floor is one game, uh, why yeah. would you have 12 impressions of one game? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you can only write so many uh, impressions there. And, I mean, James, I mean, it's, it's this kind of parallels situations with us. I mean, Tokyo Game right. Show, I mean, there's basically like one game there a year for us to play. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe a little bit more than that, honestly, but... I mean, I, I go mostly for the trolling, but yeah, um, you do games are like a, you know, an afterthought for me, but um, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like how we, <laughs> we have to deal with every single year at, at Tokyo Game Show, yeah. I wonder Payment. what their what their plans for TGS will be regarding this kind of stuff. Will they have more than a single game at TGS? Not gonna have Zelda, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of a good time to point out, isn't it? Like, I mean, we've probably said this before, Danny, but like, it's ironic that the American, the Americans in general, um, get to play so many more Nintendo games. You know, from Japan, made in Japan. You know. Just right, just down the street from me, mm-hmm. where Nintendo headquarters is. Yeah. I don't see any of those games, and we never get to play any of those games until we go to the shop and buy them. Right. But you know, in the in Europe and America, you know, they've got E3, they've got the uh, Gamescom, and people can play the shit out of you know scores of Nintendo games, first and third party, before they get released, and we don't see any of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, and, Danny often talks have... about the lack of demos on the eShop as well, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So literally, yeah. you can't play anything <laughs> yeah. like I mean, until it comes there's, out. There's never any Wii U kiosks at stores or anything like that either. No. Even before leading up to the release of the Wii U, I was thinking, you know, maybe they want to try to get this thing into people's hands here, but they, they didn't do it at all. <laughs> it was kind of bizarre. So, um, I don't yeah, know. I how, how, how do Japanese people decide how to buy games? They're just like... Just from reading in magazines and online. Word of mouth, you know. <laughs> Word of mouth, yeah. Big awards. That this, this has to be good. It got an award. You know? Yeah. And also, like I've said thousands of times now, Japanese people don't mind paying for shit. <laughs> even if it turns out they don't like it, whatever. Yeah. And they can't even rent games. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. But anyways, so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's... that's... Zelda yeah. and Zelda Wii U and X are both on both systems, so it is a Twilight Princess thing, like we, everyone predicted. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's strange because it's it's also it's kind of a shock and also not a shock at the same time because we've been saying this for like literally about two years now. Yeah. Um, like since Zelda was released, you know, people have been thinking, you know, is it really coming out in 2014? And then is it really coming out in 2015? And now is it really coming out in 2016? Um. <laughs> I guess it is. This 2017. was officially the first time Nintendo even used the term NX, wasn't it? No. It's been it's been NX, you know, since they announced that it was going to be the next console. Okay, I never I've never heard them or never read that they've used the word NX. I've heard that was a delete word, but yeah, maybe they have. I don't know. I think it was one of Iwata's last um, uh-huh, statements, okay. wasn't it? Like we are working um, because you know they were worried about the you know the smartphone games uh, announcement was just going to make everyone just up and leave, so they said. But we are also working on our next console, called, currently called the NX. Oh, and people okay. are like, oh, okay, you know, let's yeah. not burn our Nintendo flags just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yet. But <laughs> but actually, Danny, on that point, they did actually announce two smartphone games, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and just get that out of the way, I guess. Here too, that, that's pretty much the other 
kind of big thing out of this. So yeah, um, there are two new smartphone games coming. Obviously, we all knew that there were more, you know, mobile uh, games coming and stuff like that. But uh, they specifically announced what franchises uh, that they'll be featuring in these games, and those are Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing. And I was reading through the press release, and please, guys, back me up on this too, or correct me if I'm wrong. But you know, for the Fire Emblem one, they want to make it. <laughs> yes, they want to make it kind of like more accessible, like a more accessible type of RPG, but they still want it to be like, you know, gaming, both of these things. They still want it to be gaming, not like Mitomo, where it's very much like a social type of a thing. And um, so it sounds kind of like, maybe for Fire Emblem, it's kind of like a, for lack of a better term, maybe watered-down version of like Fire Emblem on mobile, which that, that I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. Right. And uh, Animal Crossing Wait, is... Was a, I actually I wanted to, um, in, in this episode before... Uh, we knew that the investors, this thing was going to happen. You know, I actually wanted to predict what the next apps were going to be, and I was, I was actually predicting, you know, Animal Crossing was going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like the Happy Home Designer thing, you mm-hmm. know, would have worked really well on on mobile. But you know, they released it on 3DS and they mm-hmm. they sold a shitload, so probably that was the best. <laughs> right. It was the best uh, thing to go ahead with. But um, but something along those lines, maybe just like a clothes designer or. Um, maybe even some kind of Mitomo-esque thing, you know, like, you know, communications app, something along, the, along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they could do that. Yeah, I've never played a Fire Emblem game ever, but <laughs> I would, if they released one on the phone, I'd probably be tempted to try it out, like as a, a quick little thing I can just bust it out on my phone anytime, play a few battles. Maybe so, it's just the face-touching game exclusively. That would be. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Finally, we get to play it. Just on what a Japanese train, yeah. surrounded by everyone just stroking their phones. <laughs> if, if you log in on your American iTunes account, it just it changes it to uh, yeah, it's a full deep and you just you just talk to your sister instead of touching her face. <laughs> yeah, censorship. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> It'll be like that Criminal Girls, the PS Vita game, where you have to like punish the girls in it as part of their leveling up system. Oh, and, uh, God. So Great it's censored game. when they brought it to, <laughs> to America and the EU. They just like uh, they just removed the sound effects, so it's totally silent while you're like whipping them, and it makes it even more disturbing than the than having them like with their their oh, oh stop it sounds. God. <laughs> I like that that was the thing that initiated Ty to speak for the first time on this podcast. <laughs> no, Mom, don't come in. <laughs> well, in regards to Animal Crossing, um, what they say here, let's see, da, 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 Animal Crossing, Nintendo is designing the game so that it will be connected to the world of Animal Crossing for dedicated gaming systems. By playing both Animal Crossing games, users, users will find increased enjoyment, blah, blah, blah. So there's some kind of a connection. They don't really go into specifics, but they say there's some kind of a connection with, I guess, already established Animal Crossing games or possible Animal Crossing games that are coming out. So yeah. well, that, it would make sense to be in the next game, wouldn't it? Because people have been crying for a friggin' Wii U Animal Crossing game. I don't know why, but because um, right. none of the console ones have been successful. Oh, so, so wait a minute, how many have there been? There's only been one, right? Well, two. Got <laughs> been before, but... Yeah. Oh well, no, three. Okay, God. GameCube and Wii. Yeah. And in right. three, boom. And sixty-four, on 64 in Japan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Which is which is the GameCube one, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. We, can all, we can all push our glasses up now. Yeah. 
<laughs> we are the Famicast after all. We gotta talk about Japan. Yes. Dobutsunori. Actually, yeah. Um, wasn't it the 15 year anniversary? Dobutsunori. Familiar. Sure, why not? Congratulations. <laughs> I think the math checks out. I think the European. I don't think we even got the European one, like on GameCube. Um, uh, Sai, do you remember this? Like, or the GameCube one was like ridiculously delayed. It was like three years later or something. I knew oh. that Animal Crossing was a thing that happened at some point, but that's that's about as far as my relationship went with that game. Yeah, it was either incredibly delayed or not never released. I can't remember one of the two. I have been giving out in my in my English classes these last few weeks. I've been giving, giving out Double Tsunamori stickers as like prizes for stuff. Mm. And, uh, the entire class laughs whenever I say that I'm giving them out. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> they seem to know what they are at least. So mm -hmm. that's something. Talk to me later uh, where you got them and stuff. I I kind of want those. Maybe because you're giving 18-year-olds like children stickers. I don't know. <laughs> girls though, right? So girls, they're all children. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, that's a whole different podcast. KK is like immediately gone. Whenever I'm like, okay, who wants a sticker? KK disappears. He should. He should. So, but back to the the point though, like a mobile app and an NX game, you know, you know the whole my, my Nintendo account, you know, the Mitomo Mi coin bullshit that we've got in the moment, that t somehow turns into platinum coins, <laughs> yep. which let you do stuff. I'm sure that you know they're going to have something like that, where these coins are shared between, you know, um, apps and games. I mean, that was the whole point of making this in my Nintendo account, right? right? Like, they've right. said that since day one, the, the old DNA um, merger thing, mm -hmm. and uh, the whole, you know, five apps in this fiscal year thing, all of that is related, so I'm sure. Well, we've got nothing connected to the Wii U so far, so... Um, right. With that, right? I mean, I, actually, I was thinking, like, you know, would Zelda, would Zelda have been the first My Nintendo account linked game on the Wii U? But they might not actually do that at all on Wii U. I'm not even sure now. Because yeah, why I mean, would they do it when they, you, they're basically killing it in March next year? And they could because it's a you know multi-platform release. It's going to be on the NX as well. Maybe they want it to have parity so people don't feel like they get ripped off. Then on the same hand, maybe they want to do it where, okay, if you get the NX version, then you can get this extra stuff. You cannot I'm get sure, this yeah. with it. I don't know, but that would like totally make people say, okay, well, I'm getting an NX. Why the hell am I going to even waste my time buying a Wii U version if it's coming out at the same time? Because the, one of these five apps, like we've already got app number one, Mitomo, that, that doesn't link with any console games, you know, even though it could, you know, they do have Tomodachi Life and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. They could have integrated with that somehow, but, you know, that would have mean patching in an old game or releasing yeah. another Tomodachi Life, right? So, right. So the next game... Um, which I think it could be like you know a Splatoon puzzle game. I always keep going back to that one because you know why the hell not? <laughs> um, if that somehow did you know like you could earn coins for Splatoon, uh, whatever the currency is. Yeah, it's coins. <laughs> I think it's coins. <laughs> it's only a game I play like you know literally. Yeah, every, you you should know. Don't ask me. I haven't played the game in like six months. <laughs> um, maybe you can earn you know coins or seashells. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You only get those in Splatfest, by the way. Um, it, by playing this app, right? You know, and that's linked with your uh, my, my Nintendo account. They could, they could easily patch in, you know, a currency thing into Splatoon. Uh, I could easily see that happening, but um, or not. 
but you know, maybe it's a future game. Maybe it's Paper Mario. Maybe it's uh, hundreds of other Wii U games that are coming out this year. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> um, Star Fox? <laughs> nope. I got nothing. Yeah. No. Nope. They've got nothing. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think that covers pretty much the big <laughs> parts of news here. I mean, you know, anyway. what else is there to say anyway? So I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead and move into new business. Serious business. It's very serious, and I'll, I'll tell you how serious we are. Um, Cyrus, would you like to kick it off this this time? Oh man, this is, this is well serious. I don't know if this ever happened in the history of the Famicast. This, this, I'm not prepared. The, the one week I played like nothing, and you give me this responsibility? Absolutely failure. I just want to watch it burn, man. So we can just say it's never again, never again. <laughs> man, you are in for a shock. I bought a new Wii U game. Oh, See, what? God, what really? the fuck? I know, what's with that? I bought Nintendo Land. Really? <laughs> yeah. New. Why? The, new. the first game that came out on Wii U. Brilliant. The launch game. How Brand much new. did you pay for it? Uh, it was on the Wii U store, the eShop. I think it was like 25 euro or something. Mm. It was Oh, bad. is this the, the Nintendo Selects? Oh, yeah, it was on Nintendo Selects. So that's, that's one of the reasons I bought it. So, yeah, it was like... 25 30 I can't remember. So for Americans out there, that's like $80. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I bought it because... In England, anyway. Because my girlfriend recommended it as like a party game. She loves it from when she played it at other people's parties. Mm-hmm. So she's like, hey, we can have this and people come over and play it. And uh, man, that game is a... That's an expensive game. It's like the $20 yes. for the game. But you need like only one or two of the games you can only play with the with the... With the pad. The gamepad, game yeah. And then you can't use pro controllers. Yep. So currently for my Wii U, I have one I've got one Wii U pad, I've got a pro controller, and I've got a GameCube pad. You have the Pokemon controller? controllers do not work with this game. So, <laughs> the controller, does that work? So, hmm? Does the, the Pokemon controller work? The Pokemon, probably. I should probably test it out just to have a full <laughs> suite of all useless controllers. Is that okay, is that, that classified as a as a classic like a, a sorry a pro? No, is, it is what, not. What does it classify as? Like it is a Pokémon controller. It is used only in Pokémon. <laughs> so you can't even play like virtual <laughs> console on it. I'm pretty sure you can't. I think it's just Pokémon. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so to play, it, I have to go in and buy some like Motion Plus Wiimotes to use with it. But, oh shit! Yeah, they're ex- they're still expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. So, uh, so I have to go in like a hard off or something, get some second hand. So I'm probably gonna get two of those, so I can have two people on Wiimotes, one person on the pad. But then, yet get other games in the thing. You need a Wiimote and a nunchuck to play. Yep. So it's like mm. if I want to play this properly, I need five Wiimotes, five nunchucks, and a Wii U pad yep. to fully play this. Like for the low, low price of like three hundred dollars. Yeah, so, uh, I, I know for I know for myself when I got the game, I have never upgraded to the Wii Motion Plus controllers, so I have that you know awful dongle 
that you know you're holding like this 12 incher in your hand and you know <laughs> it's now? nothing. Uh, you know what I mean. A 12 inch what? Controller. Okay. Wait, wait your turn. You can talk about your special purchases in your turn on this, Danny. Okay. Okay. Your 12 inch purchases, but Got it. um. <laughs> So yeah, I am waiting with bated breath to try out my my Nintendo Land next week when I get my parents to assemble it for me. <laughs> Good. Aside from that, I've been playing my phone. I got a new phone, so I've been rocking my Meet Tomo, which I've already gotten sick of and stopped using. Oh. Yep. And uh, Hearthstone and Kingdom Hearts, but. Mitomo, I thought I could at least pluck up like the energy to log in every day and change my clothes just to get five platinum points. Mm-hmm. And even now, I'm just I can't be bothered even doing that. Are some Splatoon costumes coming? Maybe That's, that was the thing. Like, oh man, maybe this will get me back into Mitomo. And then I turned it on once. I'm like, no, fuck it, I can't, I can't <laughs> do this. So yeah, yeah, that's how have you been picked? Keeping up with Mitomo. Have any of you actually kept at it or played it at all? Yes. Yeah, I've been I've been checking in. Yeah, I've been checking in. Um, just yeah, just keep on trolling. I'll just but but I haven't actually added any answered any questions recently. I just kind of check what people are replying to mine, which is a combination of either people just joining in with the banter or completely not getting it and then answering really seriously, hmm. um, which is which were both funny in their own ways. <laughs> like, dude, dude, what do you mean? That's like that doesn't even make sense, man. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's people like that. It's great. Hi, how about you, man? Like video games have I been playing? No, what, what Mitomos yeah. have I been creating? <laughs> Did you not listen to the last pod- podcast? <laughs> I, I I spaced out for a second there, but uh, <laughs> Mitomo have not played it. But if that, still- if that a Doom helmet for me, you'd get in on it. No, I already have that on my Xbox. And uh, like a real one in his room. Remember they they have uh the the me esque things too? Oh yeah, designed by Rare with googly eyes. Yeah, they're mostly forgotten at this point, but for like the last couple of years I've been using like this Doom Guy suit for my Xbox me. You can't even see the bottom of the feet of those avatars. <laughs> you can. You can. They're full three D. There's an in joke for anyone. Some people might get that. Boom! Right. There it is. Cool. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I still have not tried, and probably won't try, Mitomo. But I really like it just because of the really, really crude and offensive pictures that come out of it. Yes. Yeah, so, I am enjoying some of the the really awful pictures people are taking with the the me photo thing. Yep. Good I mean, stuff. Like, we talked about Mitomo when it came out, right? And do you remember right. what the do you remember what the podcast title was called? Me Trollo. Me yeah. Trollo. Oh, now Ty knows because after the last episode, I said, "Hey Ty, you got any ideas for the the podcast?" You know, when it was just me and Ty, and he said, "How about Me Trollo Low or something?" I was like, "Dude, that's literally what we called the last episode." <laughs> Damn. <laughs> do you I had not a bunch of ideas though. <laughs> that was good. I forget which one we went with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, for the record, I have actually still been keeping keep on playing Mitomo almost every day. Are you still um, nude? No, every almost once in a while. Now I I bought a cardboard box. <laughs> Literally, I you that, have to buy that. I mean, that is almost like a troll, that isn't it? I mean, like people are like, oh, there's a cardboard box costume now. Yeah. It's like, 
I thought somebody'd photoshopped that in just to take you know to troll me Tomo, but no, that is literally <laughs> that is literally a special costume. Yeah. Uh, I think what broke me on Mitomo is I wanted the ninja the ninja hair, the female ninja hair, which yeah. has like a bandana and a ponytail. And uh it was in like the Mi Mitomo drop game thing. Mm -hmm. So uh I dropped in all of my tokens and I've got like six full costumes of that outfit, but no goddamn hair. <laughs> all I want. I've got the entire thing. I've got full shoes. I've got full clothes in like three different colors and no hair. It's not cool. It's not cool, Nintendo. Oh yeah, thank. I got to thank. Uh, I think it was Lindy on RFN who gave some great advice how to get the things in me Tomo drop. He said like drop the me like where you think it'll you'll get nothing, <laughs> and then you actually do end up getting it. Like if you actually try and aim it. Oh yeah, think, oh, never aim. Yeah. Never aim, no. Just do it in a random place, and you'll get exactly what you want. I actually <laughs> so dropped stupid. you once into it, and you got so stuck on the geometry, you just disappeared and reappeared back at the top of the stage. <laughs> again. Yeah. I, I had someone just bouncing around for like almost a minute without, <laughs> without actually moving. I was like, uh, do I reset the app at this point? <laughs> I just left it and came back, and it, yeah, I don't know what happened. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, when I when I play it though, I'm just primarily just going through, getting my, you know, uh, my Nintendo points, and then I just leave. And maybe I spend like yeah. 10 or 15 minutes on it a day. That's it. I, ho I hope people have been heeding my warning about not adding too many people, because that really zaps the fun out of it when you've got yeah. 99 people you don't like or don't even know. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah, just just keep it to like under 10, and you'll you'll have much more fun. <laughs> you control more accurately. At that point, mm -hmm. yeah. So, whose news business is this, by the way? That's <laughs> ours. Is it still Cyrus? No, still Cyrus. I, I, I think I will. Uh, I will let you talk now. I've I've had my leadership fun. <laughs> you have my permission to to entertain the masses with your new business. We're going to go ahead and move on now to Ty. Cool. Been a little bit, a little bit quiet, so... Yeah. yeah. Let the torture commence. Yeah, what you've been playing, man. So, I suggested this should be like a paste-in segment. We can do this like after the end credits roll. People can listen to Ty's Doom updates. Yeah. <laughs> my, with my Mario Maker updates, you know, this Ty's new segment. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I wasn't playing classic Doom. I'm joking, Ty. Of course you're not going to talk about Doom for the fourth time in a row. Go ahead. What are you going to talk about I'm, today? I'm talking about the brand new Doom. Oh, all right. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. It, it is a different game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had the uh, open beta the other week. And I played that pretty much the entire weekend. Most of the weekend. Mm. And... Uh, it's it's kind of controversial. There's a lot of hate on it in uh, the Steam reviews. I know reviewing a beta, right? Uh, but hey, uh, we've been playing Street Fighter Five, and that's kind of a beta. Yeah, <laughs> good point. I mean, I mean, this is actually marked as a beta, and you know, you don't have to pay to play it. So yeah. Well, 
It looks but, uh, a lot like Unreal Tournament to me. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the the multiplayer thing, the video I saw, it looked very yeah. Unreal-ish. Lots of right. jumping around and rockets and you know. That's like that. interesting because uh, there's a lot of people complaining that it's Call of Duty ha- uh, Halo, mm. and you know. That's not really the impression I got at all. I mean, from just watching, like, the trailers and stuff like that, it just looks so goddamn fast. Like, it just looks crazy. Like, crazy. Yeah, than people are I've complaining that it's not fast enough. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's okay. All right. I think it's fast enough. Okay. Maybe they it can stand 120 like, frames a second. 10% faster. No, we're talking about, like, movement speed and, well... That's what I assume everybody's talking about, and personally, I, I think I would define the speed of a game as like how many decisions you have to make per second. <laughs> so uh, in that in that sense, it's pretty fast. I think the movement speed is pretty fast. Um, like a lot of people are comparing it to you know the old Quake games. Like to me, that's what it feels like more than anything is Quake Three. But, you know, people are mad about loadouts, mm-hmm. Call of Duty, Killstreak, Noob 2, Riot Shield, <laughs> etc. Okay, so in this game, you uh, pick a loadout of two weapons. You can do anything you want, really. There's, like, presets, but you can just make your own. Mm-hmm. And uh, as opposed to Doom and Quake, where you start with a piece of shit and you have to find a good weapon before you can kill anyone. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I kind of like that. Um, so do, do weapons spawn on the map in addition to your loadout? Uh, not the main weapons, but a lot of things spawn on the map, and I'll get to that. Like health, armor, there's none of that regenerating health stuff. Like, like imagine Quake 3, where you, instead of like picking up weapons, you start with two weapons. But you're, there's, you're still going to have, like, the quad damage pickups, the haste pickups. There's, like, a super powerful gun that spawns, too. BFG? More or less. It's like a, a rail gun, except you don't have to be a good aim, and it does even more damage. It's basically a weapon you just aim at a guy, and it kills him. Okay. OP lols. Yeah. I think it only has four shots, maybe five. Okay. So, like, uh, there's very powerful items, so you have to control the level, because they, they spawn on a timer, just like good old-fashioned Doom and Quake. The two modes they had in the game, there's Team Deathmatch, a new mode called Warpath. It's, it's like a control point one. You have to control this one area, but the area moves on this path around the entire level. Hmm. So that makes things very interesting as far as uh, planning ahead and uh, you know controlling items and stuff. Is it constantly moving or does it move like every few seconds or something? It's or? constantly moving like okay. at not quite walk speed. It's just kind of chugging along. Mm-hmm. Does it say double kill and things like that? It says a lot of things. The announcer kind of sucked actually. <laughs> it, it wasn't like the awesome Quake 3 one. It's just, you know, some, like, you know, white guy or whatever. <laughs> that, that, that's a thing I hope they change. Hmm. But, you know, whatever. 
Snoop Dogg like, voice back confirmed. So it's not like Dive Kick or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> dive, dive Kick, that's a great announcer. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are things I don't like, but they're mostly nitpicks. Like, you know, like, oh, my God, this game has 3D models and a jump button. It's not Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, like, a lot of shit like that that's, like, really tedious. It's it's kind of interesting that they're going back to that because, like, the last time I played, like, online multiplayer games, that's what they were, like um, Unreal Tournament and uh, Quake 3. Yeah. And, I, like, I've skipped, like, the last, you know, 16, 17 years of, you know, first-person shooter development. I've just kind of skipped over, which is why, right. I, like, I sucked at Call of Duty when I played right. it on I don't, you. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. I mean... I don't think there's been a shooter as good as Quake 3 since Quake 3. So there's that. I, I did like Unreal Tournament slightly better, but yeah. Yeah, well, let's bring back that 1999 nerd slap fight. <laughs> yeah. and, I just uh, like holding, to say down, holding down the rocket launcher and you can like charge up you know three rockets and let go. That's cool. Right. Well, I'm going to say Quake 3 was better. Get uh, lost, I, nerd. I have my pre-order <laughs> down in Overwatch, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah, that's the one with the thick anime girl. Yes, she is super what? cool, and she's my wife when you're not allowed to play her. <laughs> we'll see about that. Do you just uh, buy any game with butt-slapping, Cyrus? No, they removed butt-slapping from Overwatch. It's safe now. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't cancel the pre-order. Good no, 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 no. There's, there, there's options to add butt slaps in future. I'm sure. <laughs> DLC. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, in other news about the new Doom, um, it's thematically very violent and demonic and fun. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went for a little romp in a uh, Doom Three, and uh, now if you want to talk about a game that feels slow. Holy shit. Hey, stop there while I turn off my light. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what about the, the game made by Romero and Co., that new game that they... Yeah, they, I is it a, It's a Kickstarter, that. right? I think so. Yeah, it is. What's it called? Light Room? Dark Room? Dark Room or something like that. It's yeah, very... They've given basically no information about it, except it's going to be a shooter made by those two guys. Yeah, there's like four pictures or something. Darksiders. Something <laughs> like that. And I guess it's thematically about holograms or something. That sounds less cool than murdering hell. <laughs> so no, no, I'll no. It's, 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 like, it's like Microsoft HoloLens, but in, in a game. That's cool. Yes. It's every shitty episode of Star Trek that revolved around holodecks. The game. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Picard pretending he's a cowboy? What's wrong with that? Man, that was the exact episode that came to mind, too. Thanks for that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a British, you know, star captain pretending to be an American (laughs) in the Wild West on on board a futuristic spaceship. It's actually a French star captain with a British voice pretending to be an American cowboy on this spaceship. Oh, John Luck Pickard, we love you so much. (laughs) Stop it! Stop it! (laughs) I just got that. Uh, Americans. uh, Yet yet they say herb. 
Uh, I guess I'll wrap up Doom 3 by saying I liked it. Not Most people didn't, but I think they're huge grognards. <laughs> okay. So uh, I might pre-order, I might not. I Like, there are bad things, but th- I don't think they're super pronounced. Like, I mean, uh, Doom 3, that's, I'm, I'm not... Mason, uh, making a mistake here. That is the one where you have to turn off your light to shoot anything, right? Yeah, you can right. either shoot or use your light. But, but they patched that in in a much, much, much later version, right? No, uh, somebody made a, a mod called Duct Tape. <laughs> right. The, the Duct Tape mod, and it let you shine your flashlight and shoot at the same time. My my memory <laughs> of Doom 3 is like my friend had... They, they actually did a Mac version of that, even back in the day. Hmm. And like... This was before, like, you know, um, broadband internet. And there was a demo, which was something like 500 megabytes. And he was, on, like, downloading this thing on his iMac, which was, you know, reasonably not not that fa- even that fast at the time. And it took literally, I think, a week to download this over um, 56K modem <laughs> using, using those kind of download... Um, uh, that download software that can reconnect even if you know if your telephone right. hangs up. Oh, you know I, I remember that all too well. Do you remember that you couldn't use the telephone, so you had to like you know disconnect. Anyone need to use the telephone? Reconnect, you know. Yeah. Anyway, and after a week of downloading, it didn't work. So uh, that was good. Good times. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I could talk about Killer Instinct, but. I won't. I'm waiting for the update right now as we talk, talk, and then I'm going to like the big Japan tournament this weekend. Oh, so, okay. okay. So yeah, watch that KBO. Watch it live on some live stream. On Maybe I'll win. They should make a Killer Instinct three. <laughs> no, no, they just made remade Killer Instinct one. That's what I'm playing. <laughs> Good times. Right. New character. Cool vampire chick. What's the name? Mira. Mira? Yeah. Okay, okay. If that's Japanese for mummy. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's no relation. No yeah. relation. <laughs> Anime is not real. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, with Ellen Baker DLC. I would play Killer Instinct if Ellen Baker was in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this... Oh, right, okay, that's the thing you... Oh, no, Ty, you talked about that, right? Ellen Baker was the English teacher. The 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 hot anime English teacher? Oh, yeah, the, the hot new Japanese meme is... Uh, <laughs> this, uh, like, you know, this character in a, a middle school English textbook. Yeah. Do you all, do you guys all teach from that book, by the way? I do. No, no wait. No, I, school, so I, I don't get to use the New Horizons book with Ellen Baker. God, uh, if, if you're not watching I, on the video, uh, Cyrus had such disappointment in his face at that point. Such disappointment right. in my heart. <laughs> yeah. I was sad, too. Like I, I used that book at my old school, but that was not this new version with you know this perfect anime waifu. That the internet is flipping out all over. Man, we might have some copies of that at my school. We have like all of the English books. I might just check it out. And... Nice. You need to talk to the head of English. You're like, you're like, listen, we really need this textbook for uh, educational reasons. Yes. These... It's, it's a really good textbook. <laughs> these, these sick memes, bro. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sure the Board of Education will understand. Yep, I'm sure they will. After yeah, all, the pages, so, uh, the pages start sticking together. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead and uh, look up... Uh, what's her name? Ellen, Ellen Baker? Baker? Yeah, look her up on uh, Twitter or Pixiv, and make sure no one is watching. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, that'll wrap it up for my new business. All right, so I'll go ahead and go next with new business. I haven't done new business for like a month. Um, yeah, actually, with the, the last episode I was on, the last live episode, there was a there was a game that I really wanted to talk about. I'll, I'll talk about that second, but um, you know, something that just recently came out all over the world that some people are playing <laughs> nowadays. Uh, you know, that'd be Star Fox Zero. Uh, I picked that up at launch. You know, from Amazon, had it delivered to my house because I. Don't want to leave my house to buy games anymore. Wing damage. <laughs> yeah, so I, I haven't got to play a lot of it. I've been kind of busy with like some work stuff and family stuff, um, but I did get to maybe play like an hour, hour and a half, or something like that. So I have some general um, impressions of. <laughs> so you know, have you got the hang of the controls after that hour? Mm, getting there, pretty close. Um, <laughs> oh God. You know, <laughs> so. I will kind of go out and defend this game because there was a lot of like really negative press and just like negative thoughts about the game that it's just complete and utter garbage and that you know the infamous thing. I'm not going to call out any names here, but there's you know the reviewer that wasn't even he said he wasn't writing a review and then he said basically he refused to play the game. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, some people I think are just taking this way. <laughs> And then somebody listed all the games he had reviewed, some of which were the worst games you could ever imagine. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, this game is not like a complete piece of garbage. But, you know, is is this like some kind of revolutionary new thing that everybody should rush out and get? I really don't think so. I think that Nintendo, they were very safe with this game. They didn't really do, aside from the controls, which is a lot different than normal. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very safe Star Fox game. It's very similar to previous entries. It's kind of like, you know, a mix and match almost with a lot of different things. With some, you know, kind of new elements and new things that you're doing. Um, one thing that I really disliked when I first tried it, and I still kind of don't like it now, and that would be turning into the little walker. I There's like one stage, it's very early on in the game, where you have to... You could change into, like, the ship if you want to, but at that point it's just easier, theoretically, to be on the walker and kind of walk around shooting things. But I don't know. I just Sometimes I would just... I think at the time, too, I was still struggling with control, still struggling with, you know, having to look down at the gamepad while walking around, you know, <laughs> on the screen and stuff like that and trying to avoid crap coming at me, trying to remember, okay, what buttons do I need to press so I can do, like, a quick, like, little roll type of thing to get out of the way stuff like that. So it, there really is kind of a steep learning curve to this, but I mean, some of the stuff, it, it's not that hard to get into. I mean, the first stage, it's pretty easy, and it's still, like, fun. I mean, you're doing, like, some of the stuff on the gamepad, looking at it, looking at weak points of enemies and stuff, but 
it, it's not so bad. It's not that there's not really that much going on, so you can get a good handle on that. It's just is it is it anything like the Splatoon motion controls in in, in any way? Kind of. I mean, I honestly I did not play very much with the Splatoon motion controls, but I'm familiar with it because you know I think everybody that's played the game has probably tried it at least once or twice. It, it's, I think the it's, pro, really, it's the pro way to play, by the way. Uh, it's I can see that. I remember because when I played Splatoon, sometimes you just die and you're like, oh my god, if if I would have flicked up the stick earlier, or quicker, I could have done that. Or, duh, if I would have had the motion you know control on, I could have just totally wiped that guy out too. But I I think there are some benefits to having motion control, you know, for Star Fox for aiming. But if you want to think about it, like <laughs> realistically. It, you know, in a world where there's a fox driving a spaceship. <laughs> I don't know how the lasers on this thing that are like, you know, look like they're kind of planted in the thing, in the, into the ship, like straight forward, how they're just like going like in all sorts of weird directions, you know, shooting and stuff. It's kind of weird. but Is it like the kind of targeting computer in Star, Star Wars? <laughs> That's no. how I kind of I see it. So it... Uh... Yeah. Like, you're kind of looking down, but you can see more accurately kind of thing? I guess, you know, yeah. <laughs> that would kind of be <laughs> that would kind of be it. Um, because it's, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys out there have heard this by now, but, you know, if you're if you're looking at the regular, you know, TV screen and you're shooting at the enemies, and even you have, like, a reticle on there that's showing, like, hey, it looks like you're, you should be hitting this guy, but you're missing. And if you look down at the gamepad, you can realize, oh, I'm missing by just, you know, a little bit here, or in some cases today when I was playing, I was like, Jesus, I'm missing by a lot, <laughs> you know? So you really got to kind of manage just looking in between, like, both screens, and it's 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 tough to do. So, so have they made the enemies, like, you know, smaller or more agile to kind of make you use the motion control? Like, you really need that accuracy, or, mm. like, why? Because why? people are complaining about it, so there must be a reason why you need to use it. Because you can turn them off, is that right? Like no, not all of it, but like Certain some of it. Sections, off? you can right. turn off the motion controls. I haven't tried to do that because just thinking about doing that, I don't want it. Because you can use like the sticks, kind of to. Uh, God, let me try to think. I don't, don't want to like misspeak here, but from what I'm remembering, I think you could use the sticks, kind of to like guide where you're going to be aiming and stuff like that to an extent. But it's definitely quicker just to do it with, you know, the gyro, because you can just move a hell of a lot faster. There might be some settings where you can go in and, like, tinker with that stuff, you know, with the sticks, but I didn't bother to do that yet. Well, I think it's more like you can hit things from further away, right? Because, like, if, if you wait until things are really up close, then, of course, you're going to be able to hit it, right, without yeah. and the need of motion control. But if you're trying to hit something small miles away, you're going to need that accuracy, aren't you? Kind of, but, I mean, even then, like, I was trying to shoot some guys that are really far away, and it just wasn't doing it. I had to get up a little bit closer. But I mean, you know, you can still hit some enemies, from, like you said, from pretty far away, so that's fine. It seems, I'm trying to think, like, it seems like they are moving, the enemies are moving around a bit more than what they did in previous Star Fox games. Like, let's say, like, you know, what, the Star Wolf team, like those four guys, uh, when you're facing those guys at some point in the game, they, they're kind of tricky. They're kind of moving around all over the place, whereas in, like, Star Fox 64, you can, like, gun them down and, like, you know, Two seconds and you win, <laughs> you know, pretty pretty easily. But this time they're they're kind of 
a bit more agile and they're you know right. coming behind you and stuff. You kind of got to manage your boost, manage your you know the the turnaround things and stuff like that. There's there's a lot going on, and it, I can understand why some people would absolutely hate this. But I mean, it's basically kind of like you know a Star Fox 64 with this new type of control set, and it, I don't think that makes it bad. It definitely doesn't make it like super amazing. It's somewhere in between that. I, you know, I, I think Neil, you know, Neil Ronahan, site director at Nintendo World Report, he wrote a pretty good review uh, on the site, and you should check it out. I think it's a pretty fair review. Um, also, you should check out John Redden's uh, videos. He's he's like the Star Fox super nerd on staff. Oh yeah. Um, if you're on NWRTV's YouTube channel, all of the Star Fox videos are him. Um, and he's he's he knows a lot about Star Fox, and he's just, he really likes it. And if you want like a more positive, you know, spin on Star Fox, definitely oh, yeah. check out his videos. I mean, even the thing about you know people saying it's a remake of '64, he's actually gone through all levels and compared them, and it turns out there's only like one and a half levels which are similar to Star Fox '64 levels. All the rest are like either similar to Star Fox the first one. Or a completely original ones, so I think it's more like just the general vibe that people are uh, kind of associating with stuff like sixty four. But the yeah. levels themselves are completely different. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So um, definitely a game I want to get at some point, but I'm just in no rush to get it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't in. A, I wasn't in a rush to get it, and then these reviews have kind of like really put it on the back burner. Like, okay, this is going to have to be a bargain basement price for me to get in now. Yeah. I but, do like yeah, like Cyrus said, I do want to play it, but it's like yeah, it's way down on the on the to-do list now. Sure. I I'd say with this game though, it is not the complete and utter abomination that some people are making it out to be. It is nowhere near that. And that I think that is just a a gross overreaction of just I, I don't know. I could say a few other choice words. I'll just kind of leave it at that. What do you think about the Platinum director who directed the uh, producer who did this game leaving Platinum at, at the day that this game released? Nah, he left back in March. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Which is when the game probably wrapped up. Yeah, but there's probably all sorts of other things going on. Right. I don't know. Coincidence? Really question mark? Probably. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. <laughs> in the, in the, you know, the un, most unboring way type of thing. It probably is not a coincidence. Or it's, is not a coincidence. Like, it's not like Kojima and Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, also, I did get to play a little bit of Star Fox Guard, but only like 15 minutes, like before the show. And um, I'll, maybe I'll save that for next time if I... You got the, the double pack thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, you... There, you know, you can get it just with Star Fox on a disc, or you can get the Star Fox and Star Fox Guard on a disc, and it's not a bad deal. So I just went ahead and did that. But I kind of wish that I had Guard digitally. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't believe they put that tiny little game on a disc. That it must yeah. be like what, like four hundred megs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it on a separate disc? Yes. That's weird. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. You can, so it's almost sense. like I mean, it's almost worth just like downloading it now. It's like I think it's fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's like fifteen hundred yen. Uh, it's it's not too bad. Maybe if I have some extra money or something, maybe I'll do that. It looks fun. Yeah, and I I I liked. It. I was, my wife was sitting on the couch and I was saying, "Hey, please help me out. Stop playing, you know, Candy Crush." <laughs> Whatever. <she was> <laughs> I've been there. hearing that it's kind of like the surprise gem that it's like, oh, this kind of crappy little extra game is actually really fun. Hmm. So. 
I'd say, didn't John Radon do that review, James? Do you know? Yeah, he did, he did the God review, yeah. It, check out his review if you're interested in that game, because I really don't have a lot to say, because I didn't really get to play it for very much. I think he was only allowed to play the the offshoot game, the, only allowed to review the offshoot game, because I think if he'd reviewed <laughs> the main game, he would have just given it a 10 out of 10, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, one other one other game I wanted to talk about has nothing to do with Star Fox, and um, I'm going to try to kind of go through this kind of quickly. There's a lot of stuff about this game that I found very interesting, and I wanted to t- talk to you guys about this for like a month. And um, it's this game on the Wii U Virtual Console. Uh, it's also on the Wii Virtual Console. It's also on the Super Famicom here. It's called Sute Hakun. And um, I don't know have you guys ever heard of Indie Zero, the developer that did like the Theatrhythm and. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't heard of them, but I, I love that game. Okay, well, these guys, their first game was this game. And they, they I think they worked with Nintendo R&D to also to, uh, kind of help do this. But, uh, yeah, this is a Super Famicom game that first released in the Saddle of View in 97. So, I mean, you know. Satella so Yeah, Satella so View. Whoa. So this is not a card game. So, well, I'm getting to that. So, this, it, it first released it on the Saddle of View. And first of all, this to, so you kind of know what kind of a game this is. It's like a puzzle platformer where you're like this little bird type of a character. And you're basically trying to get to a goal at the end of a stage. And how you do this is they're like blocks that you can, like, inhale. like And um, then you need to, like, spit them back out in, like, different positions and stuff so you can get up to the goal. And there are other elements and stuff that's introduced into the game too, like you can put colors into the blocks. And uh, like I think red makes the blocks go up and down, blue makes the blocks go like left and right, and then yellow makes the blocks go like diagonally. And depending on from when you, like let's say you're to the left of a block and you, you know, fill it with like a red color, it's going to start from that point where you did and go like from uh, you know, up or down or left or right or something like that. So interesting. So it's it's almost like um, box boy in a way. Yes. But kind of I mean, yeah, but it's like a lot more, It's a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like I said, yeah, this started out in the Saddle of View, and like it. I mean, you know, what the Saddle of View was is something that was, uh, you know, temporary and stuff like that. And they they did it a few different. I think they had a few different releases a few different times. They did it on that. And then they did a release via something that they did here in Japan up until 2007. It's something called Nintendo Power. And this is not to be confused with, you know, uh, American <laughs> say, wait. Nintendo Magazine. This is kind of like akin to you guys, I'm sure you guys and maybe some of the listeners out there too, you've heard of, you know, Famicom Disk System and how they had like certain little kiosks here in Japan where if you wanted to buy a new game, you could bring any disc that you have and maybe give it to the clerk and be like, yeah, I want this game. And you get it for cheaper than you would if you buy it at the store, if you just like basically have them right over your disc. I think and it was 500 yen. Something like that. It was pretty cheap. It was significantly cheaper than buying the game again. And this is kind of like the same idea. Like the Super Famicom had this special type of a cart that you can plug into it, and it had like a, some kind of like a memory cart that you could plug into that. And um, <laughs> Back in the days. Yeah, so you would take it to, I think there's a, there's a convenience store here called Lawson. I, they might have been the only one that did it. But you go there, and this game was, at, for a while, only available exclusively through like this particular service, so you can go and buy that. And that was released like in, what did I say here, 98, I think. 
but because it was getting kind of popular on the service, like they just finally decided, okay, let's like do like an actual honest to god like Super Famicom cart version of this game, which released on July or on June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety nine. You know, Super Famicom. Holy so, shit! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that, that's the kind of weird thing about Japan that I really find fascinating, and I, I want to talk to like I man, I was gonna send Minoru an email and see if he knew more about, like, the Nintendo Power System and if he used it or, you know, anything like that. I just didn't get around to it. So, Minoru, if you're listening, please, maybe write us a letter. Let us so, know. The Minoru, so, the the Nintendo Power System was a memory card thing that you took to the, the convenience store? It, I don't know exactly. It's like you, <laughs> it, it's yeah, like I, a cart that plugs into the top of the Super Nintendo, you know, yeah. like a regular game cartridge. And, and there, there like were a little, yeah, I think I remember the, there was a white card and then in in that you put another memory card in, right? Right. Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen that. Yeah. So, so it's probably the little memory card that you took to the the, the convenience store. Right. More than likely. And I think there was also the Game Boy blank cartridges. I no idea how of, they were used. <laughs> dude, there's a bunch of weird stuff that I really want to kind of look into a little bit more and stuff. But um, but yeah, it eventually released on the uh, Super Famicom and and it. Because it was so late in the life cycle, nobody was really buying Super Famicom games. It didn't really sell that well, and eventually just kind of disappeared into obscurity until uh, it came out on the Wii Virtual Console a couple, well, you know, Jesus Christ, probably 2008, (laughs) a couple of a decade ago, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it came out on the Wii U Virtual Console just last year, and when I, yeah, like a couple months ago, I was going through and updating game profiles on. Nintendo World Report, just adding like all the Virtual Console games that had been released from like, I don't know, 2015 or 2014 until like, I don't know, now. <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I just came across this game and I was like, man, what the heck is this? And I, I checked out that they had like a video and showing off and it was like, man, this is really, really cool. I, I want to try this out. So I bought it and I did. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a puzzle platformer and the game has, I think, around 100 stages, and I've gotten through about 60 of them. Some, I mean, I suck at puzzle games, so sometimes I'm looking <laughs> like an X2 or like the only videos you can find on YouTube are from some Japanese guy that's like talking. He's like, oh, how the hell do I do this? You know? So, but, um, but it's really interesting. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of, it, there's not just one simple way to solve puzzles. There, you can do it like a, a variety of different ways. Um, obviously, some ways are better than others, but what they do with the, with the stages too. I mean, you have like a certain amount of points at the beginning of the stage. Like in the early start, in the early part of the game, you have a thousand points, and every move that you make, even if you're just moving from left to right, your points decrease. And if you you know inhale a block and you know exhale it somewhere, that costs points. So the goal is to try to get to the goal area with as few moves as possible, and um, Back in the day, what they used to do, you know, with the um, satellite view version and stuff like that, uh, they used to have, like, contests where people would, you know, basically try to get the highest score. And I think I read somewhere about faxing Nintendo, so, you know, your shit. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It was, you know, it's so Japan, right? But um, so bonkers. I love this stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, this this game is really cool, and I'm kind of working on a review right now for the for the website. Um but yeah, I mean, there's other other cool things too, like to cha- you know to make these blocks turn colors as these little vials, and 
there's also like buttons you can press to change what color you know ink is in this vial so that you can make all these things do the uh, different movements and um, <laughs> then sometimes there's like fake vials that's just it, all of a sudden you try to poke it and it opens up its eyes and it's like hey you know fuck off leave me alone <laughs> and stuff like that but uh, yeah it, very complicated game very fun and um, it's it's a goddamn shame that it didn't come out anywhere outside of Japan. Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, yeah, it's almost cool. I might give it a shot. I'll see if I can track it down somewhere myself and give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. um yeah. On your enhanced version you can look at the screen and uh, see the picture of it. See if it oh. entices you. Yeah, and if you shoot, I might even put like a link there too to Nintendo's video so you can see that. If not, you can go to the show notes and I'll have a link to the video there so you can check that out. That's going to do it for me for new business. So, uh, James, how about you go ahead and close us off here, man? Yeah, well, um, kind of a theme, actually. Is, uh, I haven't really been playing much. <laughs> uh, I actually have a legitimate reason, though, unlike these uh, clowns. <laughs> yes, I've been busy. Um, but I have. Uh, I did have time to put some uh, time into the Splatfest. And the last one was the... Uh, Nickelodeon-sponsored one. It was SpongeBob SquarePants versus Patrick, and uh, I went for Team Patrick, mm-hmm. and uh, we won. Mm-hmm. So yay, Team Patrick! Good how, job. How stacked was the difference? I figured everyone on the face of the planet would go Patrick. You think so? Why? Why do? Why do you think that? Just because no one likes SpongeBob. Everyone likes Patrick. <laughs> okay. I um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know actually. What was the? Uh, I think it was um, the popularity was in favor of Patrick. Was it? Let me just have a look here. Yes, he was most most popular, and he won the most uh, most games as well. The uh, the Japanese one was actually completely different. Uh, actually, that was the first time Europe and America shared one. Hmm. Um, we actually had the same one. And it's also the first uh, third-party sponsored one in Europe. Yeah. Something I thought that would actually be not legal. But it's not like <laughs> you know Pepsi Cola versus Coke, you know Coca Cola or something like that. Yeah, maybe 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 that was it. But there were you know I'm always on the lookout for kind of a, a additional warnings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there weren't any, as far as I could tell. Uh, there weren't any pop-ups or anything warning me that you know I'm about to be bombarded by an advertisement for a <laughs> for a cartoon on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I've talked about the differences with the the rabbit that sells stuff on the 3DS um, that sells you the Street Pass games and stuff like that. It's completely different the wording and mannerisms on the European version because you can't you know hard sell kids. <laughs> you can. It's called America. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you can in America and Japan, but I'm just saying in Europe, you you can't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, anyway. And uh, the Japanese one was uh, tuna mayonnaise onigiri versus red salmon onigiri. Oh, okay. Which is so ridiculous. Like, even in 7-Eleven, they have ads for this, like, it's like, place the tune and vote for your favorite onigiri. Those are both two pretty good choices, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, tuna mayonnaise one. Oh, so, yeah, well done. I do like how the, the ink stays the color of your team. Like, you know, obviously, Patrick is pink. And SpongeBob is yellow, so you always know where you are on Splatfest. But yeah, I love I love participating in Splatfest. It's a lot of fun. I love how the stages change and everything. Um, and also there were a few actually. They actually updated the, how they, they were calculated. And uh, I noticed this this extra thing, like when you when you finish a match and you're with a good team, for example, like you've just kicked ass, you just destroyed the other team, and you're like, okay, I could stick with these guys again. Let's go again. Same guys. If you all do that, then it, like, on the continue button, it had kind of like four squids, like it's kind of joined the same team or something like that. I couldn't really work out what it was, but there were a few little kind of visual changes in this Splatfest, and also um, the, uh, what do you call it, the, 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 how, the, the power ranking, the power rating that you are is displayed, like your team's power rating is displayed at the beginning of a match. Yeah. So like it'll combine your power rating and tell you, so you know if you've got a combined power score higher than or lower than the other team. Um, which is kind of good because then you're like, if you see they're higher than you, like, okay, shit, I've got to be on edge here. I've got to watch out. These, these they could destroy us here. But you can usually tell that by <laughs> if there's like three level fifties on the other team. Mm, yeah. And you go fuck. <laughs> and then you look at your team and it's like level eight guy. <laughs> Joins your team, you're like, oh, dude. But, you know, it's the luck of the draw sometimes. So, yeah, I haven't really been playing anything new. So, I thought I'd just do, like, a quick Life in Japan segment. <laughs> just a miniature one. Um, so, my, my, uh, this day of recording is just uh, it's the night of my, my son's uh, fifth birthday. Aww. And, um, yeah, so it was interesting, like, the toys that he asked for. You know, it was kind of combination of, you know, very Japanese things and, you know, very, well, I guess, universal things like Lego. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, okay, what Lego set do you want? I was thinking, you know, get me some Lego Batman, maybe we can play together with that, that'd be cool. Lego Back to the Future, huh? Lego Jurassic Park. No, he wanted the Lego um, recycle van, so that was brilliant. <laughs> Just yeah, a very what? standard one. <laughs> like a dumper truck kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. For collecting rubbish, you know, brilliant. <laughs> but the other thing is is really crazy into is is um, the Japanese Power Rangers, and uh, I wanted to talk about that. I've talked about them in the past, like um, you know, the the very it, the whole show is basically about selling toys to kids, <laughs> kind of blatantly now. And they actually like he's been into it like for a couple of years now, and I've noticed that they change the the types of ninja or Power Ranger like every year. I mean, it's it's quite blatant. It's like you know, it's like you know, like the newest Pokemon or something. Like so, when he first got into it, they were called Nin Ninja, mm -hmm. which is dangerously spelled N-I-N-N-G-E-R <laughs> in in Romaji. Oh which wow! You, when, it's not asking for problem at all. When you when you glance at it, you're like, oh, what? And you go, and you look at it again. You go, oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, only in Japan. But um, so the the one that they just started at the beginning of this year, 
they just okay nin ninja that's all in that's in the trash that's in the bin that's all gone now you know all those toys are no longer available uh, that TV show is cancelled. It's now called Juoja, which is um, which means well, Juo is like animal, and uh, O is king, so it's like king animal Power Rangers or something. But um, yeah, probably in English it would be called Power Rangers Primal or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I think there is yeah, actually I... Power Rangers Primal or something like that. Anyway, that sounds right. So like. It's completely different. So it's it's not like they've they've always the theme that they always continue throughout all of them is that you know the red, blue, yellow, white ninjas or whatever. But this time they're all based around animals. They, you know they transform into like you know animal powers and stuff. And you know they've also always got to have a robot that you know connects together, right? Those are the themes that they all have. But like the toys are completely different. Like now, like they turn into these like cubes these cubes which turn into animals <laughs> and then you can actually stack these cubes together and make a big robot and uh, it's really funny because they actually name all of them after English animals they, they 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 actually say the English in the Japanese TV show so it's like shark some extra English while going. Good yeah stuff. kind of hor horrendously pronounced English so it's like properly shark and it's like shaku iguru yeah. Uh, what else? Gorilla. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, my son wanted a gorilla cube. Uh, for cool. His, uh, that for sounds like a good one to get. Yeah, it's a good one to get. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. There was a shark option there, and he, he just <laughs> yeah he just, he just didn't go for it. So I don't. He know got he got a white for. tiger. I think he got a white tiger for Christmas. That's a pretty. That's pretty good. That's acceptable, I suppose. So yeah, like a real can... white tiger. It yeah, is yeah. Like literally prowling right. around James's house. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy because like this TV show that the connected TV show is on at like 7:30 on a Sunday morning, so it's like you know that's the time I wake up on a Sunday because it's like the TV starts blasting out <laughs> with the freaking theme song to this <laughs> Animal Power Rangers on it uh, on TV. So um, yeah, and also there was um, uh, I started this like uh, new job as well, which. Um, which is quite near to Tokyo Dome. Has anyone ever been to Tokyo Dome before? No, my yes. girlfriend did, and she said it was great, so on my list. They do a lot of music concerts there, and maybe like... And a couple of baseball games, too. Yeah, baseball. Yeah, I was going to say baseball games. So, so yeah, I work... Sorry? Not the... Yeah, I haven't been to a baseball game. <laughs> God, you're so pretty. The, um, you actually work quite near to that uh, Tokyo Dome. You can actually see the, the roller coasters. They've got a little theme park there. Right. And the theme park is actually... Uh, based around you know the the Japanese Power Rangers, and you know they just they just rip out all of, they completely change it every every year. They just take out all of those um, old toys, you know, old, and they put all the new ones in. So like every year is like it's completely different. It's like if you went to the Disney store, but it's like it just took out all the Mickey Mouse's and put Donald Ducks in or something like that. It's just it's really really weird, like how they refresh these every year and it's it's when you think about it you know pokemon yokai watch you know it's like a new there's a new game every year or whatever new generation every couple of years right and they add thousands of more characters and you know the old one becomes crappy and crap no one wants oh. it anymore <laughs> yeah exactly and that's they, they really do that with everything and um i guess it is a japanese thing you know like you could say that well, I mean, even they have seasonal foods and everything here in Japan. Like, you know, once it gets to spring, it's 
It's like, oh, throw out all the apple pastries. You're not seeing them for another 12 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, like, why is this? I mean, I kind of promised the listeners that this was going to be, a, like, a life in Japan heavy segment. And we, we're going to have, like, listener mail questions later as well. Yeah. But, like, if you think about, like, the religion in Japan, which is Shinto, you know, and the kind of Zen mentality, which is basically, you know, you know, things born from, you know, life coming from death or whatever, you know, things right you know you're reborn as a grasshopper if you're a dickhead in your main life that kind of thing right so it's like things being born from death you know and it's like everything in japanese culture is like that you know maybe it's things like the food you know get that food out it's got to be like the new the the freshest food from that season right Mm -hmm. but also like you know we've talked about houses before right like danny like danny's house that he's living in now will be demolished in 10 years whether he likes it or not with me yeah, inside. with you inside. With you inside, <laughs> and a brand new house will be uh, will be will be built on the same land. You know, it's even though we own the property, it's bizarre. No, yeah, yeah, you have no say in it. You have absolutely <laughs> no say in it. No, I, I'm I'm exaggerating slightly, but like you know, you do see houses just disappear and like a brand new one just built in its place so many times. Like, and it it is all everything. You can connect everything. You know, it's almost like a an article you could write about this, but like. You know, lots of things you can connect in games, in in everyday life. You know, the reason why they refresh things so much is because you know it's it's kind of part of their religion. Even though no one's religious in Japan, you know, it's kind of like the culture is based on a religion kind of thing, if you know what I mean. And uh, I guess the Japanese Power Rangers helped me understand that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's the end of my uh, mini life in Japan segment. Cool. Please understand. <laughs> I, I don't have any time to play games. Yes. I've got baby shit on my elbow, for God's sake. <laughs> I should really clean it off. It's been there for a week. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. All right. Thing, on <laughs> well, um, yeah, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> Just move to say, literally anything. Yeah, you're supposed to say thanks for that, James, and then just go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, James. Uh... <laughs> well, we have a little bit more news that I want to cover here, and uh, let's kind of get, get right into this. We'll do some of this news and the charts, and we're going to go ahead and get to your guys' letters. So, um, da, 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 let's kick things off here. Actually, Cyrus, did you add this first thing here after the NX stuff and all that crap? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, all that NX crap. We don't have to talk about that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a while back, I can't remember, a few months back, there was a, a Friends of Nintendo Humble Bundle. Where, oh yeah. Or Humble Bundle is like a website you go on, you'd like pay a few dollars and they give you a, a bunch of keys. You can pay whatever you want and they give you download keys for games. And, and when me, and when me and Cyrus logged on, we cried. Yes. <laughs> last, last time it was 100% North America only. All these great prices on dia on buying downloadable Wii, Wii U titles and 3DS titles and North America only. It was a really good bundle, wasn't it? It was like every good indie game yes. ever. <laughs> uh, that was kind of heartbreaking. So now there's a new one up. And this time, while not as good as the previous one, 
is region free for the most part. Uh, so you Japan. can get it in, in the Americas, you can get it in Europe, and you can get it in Australia and New Zealand, but no Japan. Yeah, I'm, I was just double-checking their website just to see. I didn't have time to go on to the eShop today, but yeah, I highly doubt that. Yeah, come on, come on. Most of the indie developers that are popular or at least well-known, like in the West, if they even have games that come out here, they're not handled by them. They're handled by, in some some cases, Nintendo themselves um, or, like, other like companies that do this stuff. There's a company called Rainy Frog and a couple of other different ones that do this type of stuff, but... I don't yeah. think they... Nintendo are going to be giving away free games, are they? <laughs> no, hell no. I mean, no, it's just not going to happen. That's just it, for Japanese people. I'm just trying to like, if you put yourself in a Japanese mindset here, this this makes like no sense. Well, it's it's two things, isn't it? Like, first thing, charity is not popular in Japan, hmm. uh, <laughs> which sounds kind of bad, but it is true. Like, um, the charity, <laughs> like. I think I've mentioned this like you know many many maybe years ago now, but like you know who wants to be a millionaire? The celebrity version, Cyrus. Yeah. Like when celebrities go on it, like who gets the money? Oh yeah, yeah. and though that's the isn't it? The the char- charities, right? Yeah. In Japan, the celebrities keep it. What? But then on the flip side, sometimes they have TV shows where. Like the celebrities have to like okay the loser of this thing has to pay like five thousand dollars, which is kind to, of to the TV network. Uh, <laughs> yeah, still, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, okay, good. But like you know, in the West, you know, there's always like people are th- trying to think of clever ways and how to get people to give money to charity. You know, sure. like not that doesn't really happen in Japan. I mean, it's it's kind of strange. I mean, you do see occasional charity adverts. Like you know, for like you know, Africa or something like that. But like, it's kind of rare. And they they do have the kind of um, I mean, for British people, they would know this um, uh, Red Nose Day. You know, that kind of uh, it's like an annual or biannual thing that we have in the UK, maybe in Ireland. Yeah, Cyrus? it's Ireland. Ireland too. And um, you know, everyone get gathers together and raises money for you know uh, for Africa or other things, you know, local things as well. And there is something like that in Japan, uh, like called Nijiyon uh, Jikan Terebi. You know, you might have seen that. I think it's every couple of years in Japan too. It's every but year. you know, it, oh, it's every year, is it? Yes. So, yeah, you do have those kind of things, but like the kind of like daily, you know, charity giving, you know, like. Jesus Christ, when I went back to the UK, I got bombarded with people asking me for money for charities. Like, you know, people are, like, tackling me to the ground, like, give me your money. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not being mugged. I'm, those, those are charity workers. Um, <laughs> you don't you don't see any of those kind of charity workers in Japan. You know, that kind of hard sell or, well, it's not really a sell, is it? It's more like, I don't know, a hard take. <laughs> it, it just I doesn't... Know, though, if, uh, if you are planning on visiting Japan anytime soon, you'll probably end up in Akihabara. And you might see a nice, friendly-looking monk in, like, a full, like, monk outfit, shaved head, the robes, all that stuff. He'll come up and start talking to Japanese, and he'll offer to give you, like, a little medal. And you think, oh, he's a nice, friendly monk. He's asking for money. Walk away from that monk. He knows you're a tourist. And then he challenges you to a kung fu match. and then pretty, that's, I'm pretty sure it was going that way until I just, like, walked away from him. That's why Sai always wears the bandana. He has a really bad yeah. cut on his head. <laughs> Scar signifies me as that one dude who fought the monk. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a, uh, charity, not a big thing in Japan. B, uh, well, 
as I've mentioned, even in this very podcast, uh, Japanese people don't mind paying a lot of money for shit. So why would they want, you know, 10 games for, you know, a thousand yen? They, they would probably sus- be suspicious of that. They would probably think, okay, well, what's the catch? Yeah, why am I getting all these games for a thousand yen? Aren't these games, yeah. like, yeah. worth $200, you know? Yeah. It, it just wouldn't go down. It's just not part of the culture. It would just, it would just wouldn't sit right uh, with Japanese people. Uh, right. So I, I would say probably never, this would never happen in Japan in any yeah. shape, way, or form. I agree. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Danny. You're nah, the one system. <laughs> I, yeah, it's fine. I totally don't expect this. But uh, moving on here, um, another kind of thing that is expected from <laughs> Japan. Uh, so <laughs> a special Pokemon Center is going to be opening up in Tokyo Skytree Town on uh, July 6th. Uh, this is going to have, like, exclusive dolls and bullshit there. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Skytree. Um, I've been to it, but not up it. I've been okay. to it and up it. Hey. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've been around. Last year when my mother came, we went there. And uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, the, the, the Tokyo Skytree town, first of all, Tokyo Skytree, for those of you who don't know, it's a huge-ass tower in the middle of Tokyo. And it doesn't it work as some kind of, like, broadcasting antenna yeah, or something? Yeah, it's broadcasting too? tower. Yeah. And um, but yeah, you can go up it. It's one of the highest towers, like this specific type of tower in the world. I think like six hundred sixty-six meters, or I don't. Any remember. native Japanese person will be able to recite the exact meters to you at, at it, any moment. It's a, I know. I know. You know. Um, God, the other one, uh, Tokyo Tower, because it's in like a textbook. It's like three hundred thirty-three meters high. It's like it's like something like that. It's three times higher than Tokyo Tower. Um, Fun but, note: the uh, the Tokyo Tower is higher than any single point in Amster- in uh, in Holland. Okay, isn't that weird? So you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, trivia for today. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, great, kind of caught me off the guard there. Um, so yeah, moving on here. This other little bit here. Uh, Hoshinokabi, Robobo Planet. <laughs> say that again? Robobo Robo is like the most fun thing to say. I love the name of this game in Japanese. Yeah, so the English title, of course, is a Kirby Planet Robo, Robobot. Um, Which it's is coming out... super lame. Yeah, it's Sounds like lame. robots. <laughs> but it's coming out here in Japan just tomorrow on uh, April 28th. And um, I am not going to be getting it, but Cyrus, you're thinking about it? I will probably pick it up. I want to grab the amiibo. <laughs> not for me. I'm giving them for someone else. Because they come out in Japan like two months ahead of the rest of the world. Same as so, the game, too. Yeah, so, uh, but since I'm getting all of the amiibo and those little amiibo stands that are coming out, the, the dioramas oh, that are coming out. Right. Diorama. So, I might right. get the game because Kirby's historically don't require a whole lot of Japanese. Dude, I mean, Nintendo <laughs> platformers. Yeah, you can mean Nintendo platformers. They're gonna probably have hiragana everywhere. It's just, yeah. So, you can read uh, hiragana, you're good. And I'm not exactly worried about not understanding the intricacies of a Kirby plot, where you're he's riding that. around in giant powered armor. Cyrus, I haven't I haven't played the game yet, but I've got some advice for you. Hold up, and you'll beat the level. <laughs> but I I have a, advice for you: is that Kirby's in an adorable power armor. You should buy this game. 
you know, also, you should I really hope it isn't. You have to write strongly worded letters to Nintendo and ask them just why did they not make an amiibo of Power Armor Kirby? It's just like, this, this is money printing stuff. Mm-hmm. They're just melting down the old Kirby ones and reforming them with a star on his bottom. Well, you can, you can like, you can modify existing amiibo if you heat them up and twist them slightly so people repose their amiibo, amiibos. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure you could do that with Kirby. Just kind of lean him back <laughs> slightly and stick a star under and you got the new one fine. There you yeah. go. So, Cyrus, did you play Kirby Triple Deluxe on 3DS? No, I was not aware it came out until I got the uh, Street Pass puzzle. And I'm like, is that a new Kirby game? Oh, God. <laughs> sad, sad person. I <laughs> no, I, I got it when it first... It came out here, like, the same situation. It came out here, like, two or three months before it did in the West. And actually, I bought it, I played it, and I did, wrote a review for it, Nintendo World Report, and it was okay. I, I just kind of kind of came kind of came to the conclusion at this point in my life I'm not really a super huge fan of Kirby. Um, I think some I, I like the you know mechanics and stuff like that. I think it's fine. I just think it, this the series in general is a little bit slow. Um, I, I don't like that. Yeah, I love Kirby. Like as a character, as an aesthetic, I love Kirby games. But every hmm. time I play them, I feel they are lacking something. Hmm. There are no good Kirby games. The best Kirby game is uh, Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Dream Course. I, I like Dream Course a lot. But. Yeah, anything where it's not a platformer, yeah, you've got a better chance of it not being crap. But I, yeah, I wouldn't but go that far to say it's crap. I just I did like the Rainbow Rainbow Rush, whatever the DS launch title was. Canvas Curse. Canvas Curse. Yeah. Yeah, I have the Wii U version. The Wii, oh, the Wii U version, the new one for Wii U that I haven't even put on my Wii U yet. I bought that last last January. Great job. <laughs> Anything with, like, Infinite Fly. Infinite Fly is just, uh, get it out. No. Hold up to win. That sucks. What kind of game design is that? What's the point of having a, a, you know, a gap, you know, that you have to jump over if you can just infinitely fly forever with no repercussions whatsoever? I just don't understand that. I think you're oversimplifying this, James. You're stealing sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, let's move on to the charts and uh, Ty, as per usual, your favorite. Yeah. Thing. Let's uh, oh go through these charts, man. All right, charts, 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 charts. All right, top again, ten. Yeah, this is from April 11th to April 17th. Cool. All right, starting at number ten, <laughs> we have Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympics. No, no the, no s. Oh yeah. Rio Olympics. So right. Because we're in Japan. Yes. At right? Rio Olympic. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Man, that's an English teacher trigger right there. <laughs> it is. That's, that's a big red X. <laughs> but it still sold 4,000 this week, 140,000 to date. Hey. Then we have a Super Mario Maker hanging in in the top 10. 6,000 this week. Uh, Coming up on a million, we got about 850,000. That was in the financial briefing as, like, one of the top five uh, best-selling games of this financial year. Hmm. Cool. Then we have a new game. We have uh, Divinity on PS4. Original Sin Enhanced Edition, so it's not new? Question mark? I don't Hmm. know. No one cares. No one cares. Good point. Yes. 
Then we got Minecraft on the Velveeta. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6,500-ish. 737,000. Yeah, a strong seller. Quite close to Super Mario Maker in sales, which is uh, which is shocking. Yeah, on the Vita as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Minecraft is a big deal everywhere, including Japan. Mm-hmm. Then we got a uh, Splatoon hanging in number six. Oh, that was um, almost reaching Smash Brothers for Wii U sales. Um, the, it, the Smash was like. I think the second or third best-selling game on Wii U in the fi- the financial year, but like Splatoon was like just behind it, which is amazing for like you know brand new IP. It's like almost reaching Smash Brothers sales. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, once again, that's a a big deal. It's uh six thousand seven hundred. We got one point three million to date in Japan. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, in Japan. I really respect them not releasing like any random Splatoon shovelware game on the 3DS because it would sell out immediately. Anything with Splatoon on it would sell ridiculously. <laughs> You're just directly flying in the face of something you said the last episode you were on where you said they should totally make a 3DS Splatoon game. But that's what I would buy. It. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would totally buy it, but I'm respecting the fact that they're not just churning out titles. I'm pretty sure one of you guys was talking about like uh, they should just make a Splatoon puzzle game and herf it out on mobile or DS or whatever. Nah, no, no one said that. Okay, yeah, that's crazy talk. I'll believe you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we have a Disney Art Academy. Uh... What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh God, did you guys not watch? Did you guys not watch that last Nintendo Direct? This is the drawing. This is basically like the you know the. The, we know the, what it is, Danny. It's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Oh, okay. <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. Oh Disney my, it's like Mario Paint, but bad? Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> it still sold a shit ton. We got 8500 this week. Uh, 26000 to date. So, I guess this is around its third week? Sounds second week? That, yeah. I think it was its yeah, second week, maybe. Far Cry Primal. Oh man, I read that as Primal Rage for some reason. <laughs> if only. Primal right? Rage, making a comeback, jumping mm-hmm. on the Japanese charts 20 years after it came out. <laughs> right? <laughs> like this uh, barely above sho- shovelware midway fighting game becomes a Japanese sensation. Uh, I think not. Was it? I bet it wasn't even released in Japan, was it? I doubt it. Uh, if it was in the 90s, I wouldn't be surprised. There was, like, this company called Game Bank that was, like, publishing, like, all the shit that Midway did in Japan. So it may have gotten published. Hmm. Well, I'm going to look that up later. Okay. Anyway, uh, Far Cry Primal sold a lot. On the the Saturn, at least, in Japan. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It came out on the Saturn. Unbelievable. Huh. (laughs) Okay, so Primal, sorry, not Primal Rage, Far Cry Primal <laughs> sold just under 9,000, 34,000 to date. A. Yeah. It's a PS4, PS4 exclusive. We have Dark, Dark Souls 3 <laughs> on PS4 with the guy on the cover giving the thumbs up. Uh, also very close to uh, 9,000. What? 9,000? 
267,000 to date. Mm-hmm. And change. Pretty good. So, yeah, that's number three. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls in the top three. Then we have a Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 3 on 3DS. Did we talk about this last time? We it, did. Um, I, there, yeah. there is actually a free demo available that I downloaded, and I was going to talk about it at some point, but I can, haven't done Can that. you bottom line it for us real quick? I haven't even played it. I don't know. Well, okay. I mean, you. I think James talked about it a little bit, and he pretty much nailed it. I mean, if you're, you're actually. I think they're using the same engine as the Dragon Quest Eight uh, on 3DS, which is you know the same as basically PS2. In terms oh, of actually, I was right. Uh, I said Dragon Quest Monsters Joker's Joker Two was on the DS, and I was right. It, it was yeah. on the DS. So yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, the first, I mean, the first 3DS one. Yeah, and it's yeah, you're kind of collecting monsters and using to fight other monsters and stuff like that. And you could ride them, ride monsters too. Yeah, riding monsters. You'll never catch on. <laughs> never. All right, and then uh, number one, we got Yokai Sangokushi. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not Yokai Watch Sangokushi. No, nope, just Yokai Sangokushi. Yeah. Which, for those of that... you out there that don't know, it's the you know collaboration with what Romance of the Three Kingdoms and uh, Yokai Watch. So that was number one uh, last time too, wasn't it? Was it? Yep, it was. Yeah. Damn. A winning formula. Yeah, how about the hardware there, buddy? Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so excited. All right, the leader this month is the PS4, marginally above the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Got 20,257 this week. 3DS was 19,657. It's a close race between two entirely different platforms, so whatever. <laughs> Thousands of yen difference as well in the price. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, 3DS still 20 million sold to date. Everything else can go get fucked. <laughs> the third, we got uh, PlayStation Vita or Velvita, as I always call it. Mm-hmm. 12,000 to date, uh, not quite. F- uh, no, 12,000 this week, mm-hmm. not quite 5 million to date. <laughs> My bad. That would be pretty dismal. That, that that'd be like Xbox One levels. <laughs> <laughs> it's now right. pulling way ahead of the Wii U, though. Um, no, uh, Wii U. Uh, like weekly, yeah, but okay. Wii U this week, six thousand units to date, three point one four million units. Hey, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's oh. pi times a million. <laughs> there's like yeah, there's like 1.8 million difference now between Vita I mean, and Wii U. Vita was out a year before too, and it's a handheld. Yeah. As well. But I remember it being kind of close though. Yeah. Like there were like you know both three million and something, right? But now I guess it's possible. <laughs> I think it's more interesting to look at like you know the PS4 versus the Wii U because it's obviously on pace to eclipse it. <laughs> right, these so. numbers are sold through stores, right, and not shipped out. Uh. I- Hmm, sure, media create. Why not? Okay. <laughs> I think I think it's only in America and only like Sony who does that. Like where they say we've shipped whatever. Okay. I don't think Microsoft or Nintendo say shipped or <laughs> I'm not sure about Microsoft, but Nintendo when they say they've sold whatever they, they mean that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we got the old PS triple. Mm-hmm. 
That's been uh, that's been around for quite a while now, like ten years at least. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah just like they promised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Chad Warden is my god. Uh got one thousand two hundred twenty this week. Ten point four million to date. I don't imagine that's gonna ever go much higher. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Xbox One. Rest in peace, uh, 142 <laughs> units this That's week. That's a pretty good week by Xbox One standards and fans. I thought it was pretty low. I thought the good weeks were like 500. Yes, that's absolutely right. Tie, size, fail. I'm yeah. sorry. I just, I'm just so proud of the Xbox sometimes. I just want to, want to feel yeah. good about it. Yeah. They also stopped production of the Xbox this, uh, this week, right? Yeah, Sony stopped it, if you believe, uh, what was it, Forbes magazine? Yeah. They, they put out this tweet, Sony stopped production of the Xbox 360. <laughs> Rest in peace. Sony finally stepped in and just said, no, well, we've had enough. No more of this competition nonsense. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that, like they were making their own bootleg Xboxes. Like, oh shit, we've been found out, we better knock that shit off. <laughs> Ty, you better start uh, buying them up quick, right? I know, right? I almost want to blame this on the, the PC release of uh, Killer Instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've ran into a lot of new Japanese players since uh, the, the Windows version launched. So the effect is real. Windows, very popular in Japan. Xbox, not so much. Right. Yeah, very true. Kind of funny how that is. They don't. They don't really associate Windows. There is no equivalent operating system to like that they can just latch onto here. There's they need no... to get uh, need to get Microsoft Excel on the Xbox One. Then bring really back the off. PC Engine console. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. I, I still run into people in Japan who who think that you can't get Microsoft Word on the Mac. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Even now they think that. Anyway. I was lit. I was he- uh, reading these stories about like these Japanese people that like uh, they go to they study programming in college, and then it turns out they like never had a PC in their house until <laughs> they started learning programming in college, right? I I went to university. Well, I went to college. I studied computer programming in Ireland, and yeah. one of our, one of the students in our first year. He was like first year programming student, had never used the internet before. Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's good. So yeah. that, that that's a real thing in non American countries, I think, maybe. At least in Japan and apparently Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. cool. Well that'll wrap up charts. Okay. That's a good note to leave it on. So we're gonna go ahead and move on into feedback. Okay. So if before- Oh, talk about feedback. There is some breaking news. Oh god! A, a new costume coming to Mario Maker tonight. Okay. It is the baby metal costume. I saw that. Oh, I saw the video. God. Amazing. What? Like, it's what were James... they thinking? I don't know. I want some of it. Whatever they got. James, just Thank think you. about everything you hate about Japanese music, mm-hmm. and um, put, I guess, death. Me- quote-unquote death metal in the background and have, like, little Japanese girls that aren't even cute jumping around on stage and singing nonsense. Mm-hmm. And now this is in your beloved Mario Maker. Jesus Christ. 
rip and They even have like full sound bites of them talking whenever they do literally anything. So. That's oh. it. My my Mario Maker minute is now cancelled. I I quite like Baby Metal. I think they're great. So okay. I might buy Mario Maker now. You would. <laughs> hey, what they they did like a they went on like what who was it Colbert somebody they went on some like talk show in America. Um, they did that. They did that like. Uh, Oh, what is it? A collaboration, like not full album, but a few songs with Dragon Force. These oh. girls are awesome. Okay. Can they actually play instruments, or do they just dance? No, they just dance and do super high pitched J-pop music, but with like crazy heavy metal in the background. <laughs> yeah. Excuse that, me, that I just sound. vomited in my mouth a bit. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey. While we're just one little thing before we go, <laughs> while we're vomiting into our mouths, while we're on this, I mean, the last episode with you and Ty, I thought you guys did great, and um, <clears throat> yeah, but James, <laughs> I, I really think that you were kind of missing the point on uh, when it comes to like, Oendom and Oendom Two, and Ty, Music. I think nailed it. And have you? Okay, first, did you play the games, man? Oh man, we're, not, we're man. shitting on Oendom, and I wasn't there to defend it. I, nobody was. Ty, Ty was. Ty was holding his own. I respect. I that. talked it up substantially, maybe even I, severely. I said Elite Beat Agents, one of the best games on DS. When done, utter shite because of the music. No man, there's like there's it's cool. Fun. There's not. Yeah, exactly. There's not. It's you're not finding like AKB48 and stuff like that on there. You're finding like a lot of like classic like Japanese like punk or. Other than just like this classic songs and just stuff like that. The most like the amazing 80s, songs. It's not even like new stuff. Most of the stuff's like crap that they probably didn't have to pay any money next to 70s, nothing. Seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah. So I mean, it's I don't know, Spoiler like bubble alert, era. Japanese music has always been bad. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Old man James. <laughs> Japanese. Look, look, look. I love Japanese people. Japanese people are good at a lot of things. I, like, have, I, have, I have friends that are Japanese people. It's fine. It's... <laughs> I, I married a Japanese person. <laughs> at least that's what she told me. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese people are brilliant at lots of things. You know, engineering. Like, we just talked about this, you know, Tokyo Skytree. That's a, a freaking amazing feat. That thing is, like, earthquake-proof. And it's, like, it's like almost touch goes into space. Singing... <laughs> Singing is not one of their specialities. It doesn't matter. Move on. Well, I do like the way you say specialties. And we are moving on, even though you're wrong. So <laughs> we're going to move on to feedback. Look, look at my lower third, Danny. Look at my lower third. I refuse. <laughs> I'm looking at I stand by that, always. <laughs> So, uh, we're right on to feedback now. If you guys want your letters or comments or criticisms read out on the air, uh, please go ahead and send us an email. You can send us an email at, wait, the family, wait, God, God, it's happening again. Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com. Uh, hit us up on Twitter for something kind of short, uh, at the Famicast. Uh, you can always leave comments at the bottom of the YouTube videos. Um, you can leave a comment on the uh, talkback threads on NintendoWorldReport.com. And if you do that, you can have your letter read on the show like these wonderful people. So, actually, James, for letter number one, 
this is kind of mainly directed at you, literally. You get a name drop there. How about you go ahead and read that for us, man? You want me to read a letter directed to myself, mentioning my own name? Yeah, sure, why not? That's a bit weird. Okay. Um, so Douglas Hill writes to me, apparently. Um, congratulations on the five-year anniversary, and especially to James. I'm assuming he's referring to my new baby. Thank you very much, Douglas. Uh, thank you for all sharing your cool stories about Japan. Hearing them has been a big factor in me deciding to travel and spend the next two months in Japan. I'm in Tokyo now, and so far I'm loving it. It's crazy and so different from the UK, as I thought from listening to the Famigast. I'll definitely try out all the foods you mentioned in episode 75. Uh, oh, yeah, right, yes. People are asking us, like, best slash most disgusting foods we ever tried, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that. That's oh, cool. Wow. That, that's really cool that somebody who actually was, you know, inspired about, you know, coming to Japan from listening to the Famicast. That's that's really cool, man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we hope you have a great time. I guess he's, yeah, he's still here, right? So, Probably. In yeah. Tokyo. Hey, if let's... you listen to this show, you should totally check out the Splaket, like the Splatoon, uh, like, doujin events. Like, it's a fan art thing that's in the... Uh, like coming up in May, I think. Check it out, dude. And uh, Douglas, you know, I, I really mean this. I mean, if you need somewhere to stay, you know, Danny's house is always open to, uh, to stay. Hit me up, Danny man. I can direct you some, to some 24-hour restrooms on some of the train stations <laughs> along the Chula line. <laughs> there's an, there's an alien-themed love hotel quite near to my house. So, uh, I've been there. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> oh, I've heard. Yeah, I went... <laughs> Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, how about for this next letter? There's actually there's several good questions. Here. And um, all right, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and start reading this, and then we'll maybe answer, and then we'll kind of move on like like that, I guess. This is a life in Japan themed one. I like this. I like this. Yeah, this is really good. This is from Mark in Deeping, UK. Uh, this can be an email. Uh, dear Famico, thanks for all the hard work. Now here's three quick questions. Number one. Have you found have you found that your attitude to, attitude and outward approach to life has changed since living in Japan due to the differences in Eastern and Western cultures, or do you ever find that you have to curb your Western instincts for fear of committing a cultural faux pas? Faux pas, right? Yeah, faux pas. Well, well yeah. <laughs> wow. Sure Where to start? Grand well, bricks. Yeah. <laughs> Grand bricks. So yeah. Interesting. That's a good question. That is a really good question. Yeah, yeah. it's like, like the kind of thing people write entire books about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess I guess we we first have to mention you know the the classic um, you know guy changing his outward approach to life, which you know the negative side of that. Um, there have been comics and stories and articles written about this, and that's the uh, charisma man. Um, so which which it's a comic which was I believe was written by a you know, a fellow whitey <laughs> who lived in Japan. And um, basically, Charisma Man is um, this kind of like really nerdy, geeky guy with like no friends, no girlfriend, you know, works in a uh, McDonald's in America. And then when he comes to Japan, kind of like, you know, like he does a kind of a Hulk style transformation. And he turns into this like really handsome, cool guy called Charisma Man. And like all these mm -hmm. Japanese girls just like rush towards him, going like, "Ah, he's so handsome! You know, I love you." And you know, that's basically like 
the image that people have is like, oh, I'm going to go to Japan and get loads of hot girls, you know, was that's how this comic was uh, created. <clears throat> so, you know, I guess <laughs> that can have that effect on certain type of people, i.e. dickheads. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know. yeah, and for that type of a thing too, like maybe 15, 20 years ago, it if you wanted to come to Japan, to Japan just to get girls because you're just a terrible, uh, socially being. awkward type of person, <laughs> maybe, yeah, you're just terrible at talking to people and you're just like, I don't know, whatever, the worst piece of crap on earth, and you come to Japan, you can get all, all kinds of girls, and it's, I don't know, people are kind of, <laughs> the girls are kind of wise enough to that now. So, uh, <laughs> they are, I, show's over, time to go I, home. <laughs> I, would, I would argue that was never the case, I think, you know, if you're, if you're a dickhead back home, you're a dickhead in Japan, and, you know, nice girls are going to notice that. <laughs> well, you'd love talking to my buddy Josh, he, he has very deep opinions about this type of thing, but that's like a totally different type of podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, generally, like, I came to Japan, and I was already pretty knowledgeable about Japan before I came here, but uh, I think, in general, one thing that changed for me was I assume nothing. Like, I don't assume anyone knows anything about what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> because things I take for granted in the U in the UK and Ireland, that's not applicable here. And things they assume are totally natural all over the world. I, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head now, but there's so many times you just run into this weird culture barrier where that I, I try and take everything super slowly now whenever I'm talking to anyone unfamiliar <laughs> about generally any topic. That's, yeah, so um, Mark says, like, do we ever have to curb our Western instincts for fear of committing cultural faux pas? So, like, I don't know. I don't think, well, yeah, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> James, absolutely not. He's just going to, you know, shit all I, over. I'm, I'm actually going to go out my way to commit a cultural faux pas, but that's just me. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I can add a little insight here. I think... When you're learning a new language, you're not just learning a new language. You're learning a new culture, too. So yes. you're trying to adjust how you act and behave like while you're adopting this new language. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And I've, I've known people, like there's this asshole that I knew that he said, oh, I'm just in Japan because Japanese because it was a challenge and I just wanted to be better. I don't give a shit about Japan or Japanese culture. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing here, you dumb <laughs> shithole? You know? And then he eventually left. Thank God. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, you, yeah. You can't stay a long time without embracing it. I mean, like yeah. like I mentioned in the uh, the Power Rangers segment, you know, um, <laughs> you, some, something you realize about English, like while being here, is that, you know, a lot of English idioms and part of our culture, even if you're not religious, are based on, you know, our history, which is, you know, like, in general, most parts of the, you know, uh, the Western world is a Christian-based society, you know, like we say, you know, thank God, or Jesus Christ, you know, we say these things without, you know, even if you're not religious, you say those things, right, and like... God damn the, it. You got them, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, in the year of our Lord, 2016, um, uh, <laughs> in, Japan, <laughs> in in Japan, you kind of you have to be aware of you know the Shinto religion to 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 know the language and to also know the people you know 
there's there's, there's things that people say and there's there's expressions that people use and things that they do, which they without realizing it are based on Shinto, but you know they might not actually realize that you know like the, the same that we we sometimes forget that certain things we say and do are based on you know like like straight up you know religious you know things you know we we just forget about it you know. It's the but same way. One point on that: if you say hello in Irish, it's "diagwich," which means "God be with you." So, I I think that's actually where the English right word there. "goodbye" came from. It, it's kind of a short shortening of "God be with you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. But you know, like how Easter <laughs> somehow became like collecting chocolate eggs from a bunny. Uh, <laughs> it did not didn't start off like that. And you know, Santa Claus came around. You know, things like that. You know, um, you know, they, those kind of Western, you know, uh, cultural things. You know, they they do catch on in Japan as well. But like, you know, they're not aware of where they came from originally. You know, right. So, you, those those kind of things that you kind of realize when, yeah. when you start living here. So what, one short thing I want to add to this, um, I find. I found when I went back to America for a week, like, uh, <laughs> I had 900 weird little habits I picked up in Japan. Yeah. You know, just all these small things that, that end up being completely and totally weird in America. Like that, slurping your noodles or something like that. Yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, no, I don't do that. <laughs> like, the, or like the way you, you like, uh, pay and get your change, like the way you hold your hand out, or not. Right. <laughs> Every time I go back to America or Ireland, I always feel super weird walking on carpet with my shoes. Yeah, and the, and also the constant nodding and bowing, and uh, the, the mumbly little responses that mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff kind of adds up. Yeah, I know my parents are always getting annoyed on Skype, because I answer just, mmm. Mm, mm, <laughs> all the time. Uh, um, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> use, use your words, Cyrus. There you go. There are a few cultural faux pas that you, know, you try to avoid, but you, know, you have to really know Japanese culture to actually know what you shouldn't be doing. Oh, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, well, what's great is when we fuck up, we have an out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a gudgeon. I don't understand Japanese. It it could be like you Get know, fucked an HK guy. <laughs> the best, the best slash worst thing about you know being in Japan is that we will never be Japanese, which is a you know a gift and a curse. Um, we will never ever be mistaken for a Japanese person, no matter how fluent we are in Japanese. But that also means that we can get out of situations, in, even if we've been here for like you know 35 years, and you know you've got like a Japanese passport. You know you're still going to look like this, and you're not yeah. going to be seen as a Japanese person. So if you make a mistake, they're just oh it's okay, he's a foreigner. You yeah. know, even though he has a Japanese passport. <laughs> um, so there you go. Yeah. It's a gift and a curse. I just, just did it again. Go with the flow. I just went like, nah. yeah. I heard it. And it was like, is Ty just making fun of us now, or does he actually do that? Or is he actually having a stroke? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> cool. All right. So, 
yeah, well, I guess the answer is yes, you do curb, curb your Western instincts. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a lot of information to digest right there. Is, yeah. <laughs> that's only that's only one of his three questions. Yeah. Oh boy, let's go. That's not, number two. I think this this might be a little bit. I think it's a little bit easier to get out, and this is something that either you do or you don't, basically. So, have, number two, have you ever spoken back to video games? I was recently playing Rise of the Tomb Raider and found myself dishing out pithy one-liners in response to the stock phrases spouted <laughs> by Trinity Henchman. Uh, I still see you, things like that. <laughs> uh, putting you on ice, Batman. I read this question a while ago, and I thought about it for a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, the answer is 99% of the time, no, I don't. Oh, really? There, there's, like, maybe a couple games I get invested enough in. You may be able to guess what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, one is Doom. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if I'm playing, like, a really hard level, and not, like, a, like, you know, some balls drop down, and they're full of monsters that are might gonna kill me, I'll just be like, no, 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just nonstop curses. But, like, other games, no. What Maybe do you say, I... what do you say when you beat someone at Killer Instinct online? On, like, uh, a ranked, ranked match or something? Uh... <laughs> You're just I, I it? If, if voice chat is on. Uh, if it's off, you know, almost nothing. Maybe I'll just say like a, no fuck if I lose or a, <laughs> or I'll just kind of laugh a little bit if they're like embarrassingly bad or something <laughs> but most of the time no if I'm chatting with my friends though I'll we'll shit talk nonstop. it's a lot of fun yeah when I when I win a Splatoon game I usually kind of do like a little hand gesture in time with the winning music Usually something along the lines of boom or something like that. Oh yeah, well, well I don't say much, but like I dance around like nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm actually kind of the opposite of Ty. Like when I'm playing online, if I have voice chat on, I don't really talk much. But if it's off, I'm constantly talking to the TV. Because <laughs> you know like, the car here. I'm right. just like, you know, I'll be like, oh man, that was a nice play, or I was like, oh that fucking dirty bastard, just like. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm really get engaged. But the moment I'm actually talking to them, I'm, I'm totally calm and collected. I'm really fond yeah. of the phrase, <laughs> "Pretty good, kid." This <laughs> <laughs> guy would say that all the time in Capcom versus SNK2. I am a total hothead when I'm playing games, especially yep, competitive ones, and especially sports games. It, I, it is I can account for all of this, by the way. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Do okay. tell. Well, um, actually, yeah. What did I? Did I get mad playing game around here or something? Dude, you 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 go mental. Either win win or win or lose. You probably didn't even see me like go crazy. No, I haven't seen you go super crazy, which scares me to think what you're like if you do go. What the hell is that? Playing? Shit into scrub quotes. <laughs> what was I playing? No, I mean like you know, win or lose, you you kind of like. You get you get hyped. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, sports games, it's terrible. Like I did. Uh, a couple summers ago, I did a season, two seasons of NBA 2K15 or something, and that's like 150 hours of games, <laughs> you know. And I was getting so mad because sometimes, uh, you know, I'd fuck up, or when I when I wouldn't fuck up, when it wouldn't be my fault, I would dish off the ball like down low for some one of my dumbasses to, you know, make an easy layup, and he misses. 
And then another guy gets the ball and puts it in. He's like, I wanted a fucking assist! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Danny's one of the rare people who's a bad winner and a bad loser. Yeah, nice. and then, oh, God, it, it's terrible. I, I mean, this goes back to, like, in 64 days. I, I was, like, almost breaking controllers, getting grounded. I mean, I'm constantly talking. I'm playing Star Fox recently, you know? Slippy's bitching about, like, eh, get this guy off me, fuck. Like, shut the fuck up. How about you work on this <laughs> stuff all by yourself? All right, to be fair, I think everyone does that. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, Slippy, come on. Slippy. Yeah. <laughs> what or, an asshole. Like, one of my favorite things, there was this American football game on the PlayStation back in, like, 1999. This is the last time I'm going to talk about football today, I swear to God. And, was it uh, NFL Blitz? No, it was, like, NFL yeah. Game Day. The Sony developed one, and there's a, there's a piece of commentary that is just so fucking trolly. And they, it just says, oh, he got it. Oh, no, he dropped it. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> like real George Takei there. It's, it's so oh infuriating. You're like, oh my god, it looked like he dropped it. And he's like, nope, he dropped it. Like, fuck you, game. <laughs> it's just so... Okay. I think Actually, even, from, even from this commentary, people can get a good idea of what Danny's like. Yes. I mean, time's off uh, like 10. I used to play... Uh, when I used to live in, in Cork in Ireland, I played a lot of FIFA, or at least watched my friends play FIFA. Mm-hmm. The commentary in that commentary is amazing in the in those sports games. Like oh, yeah. really interactive, it, really detailed commentary. It's kind of fantastic. There was one player for like the German tees called Svanstata or something. He's got this really like complicated name, and mm-hmm. he everyone would like cheer in the house whenever he his, he'd be mentioned, and he <laughs> he just became this running meme in our house of like Svanstata passing to Svanstata, and people would be giving stuff around the kitchen. Oh, so, uh, I was hearing Firestarter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted the Firestarter. He's a fucking instigator, I mean. Oh, man. Okay, so... <laughs> I had this roommate who would, uh... Like, he would always... Co- he would always, uh... Quote... Well, number one, everything in Capcom vs. SNK 2, like the Sagat quotes, he got me doing it. And he would... <laughs> the other thing he would do was, quote, Joe Montana Sports Talk Football. <laughs> And the, like the really stilted voiceover, right? Quick and to the back, he goes down at the <laughs> twenty-three yard line. <laughs> oh, maddening! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Next question. Next yeah. question, please. Next question. Let's keep going. Uh, so. Number three, what do you think is the biggest issue facing virtual reality headsets? I plan on purchasing PS PSVR, but I can already imagine the look on my wife's face as I sit there like a soulless vegetable in my own little world. Also, I would be constantly fearing an unwarranted turkey tap. <laughs> Thanks again. I look forward to the next episodes. episode. Uh, P.S. Apologies to the Irishmen and Americans, my fellow countrymen's constant piss-taking. Thank you. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> I, who's, it, who's it referring to there? I don't know, Cyrus, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, I'm, I'm always making fun of my fellow Irishmen. <laughs> yes. So, I guess first question, what do you guys, what do we think is the biggest problem facing virtual reality? I'm, I, I'm re- really happy to be talking about uh, VR because, like, it's on every podcast at the moment and most people are just splooging over it. Yes. And I'm... It's not like I'm against VR. I just I think we're so far away from like VR actually being a good thing. 
because like we're like we're on generation one, right? Yeah. Everything I hear about VR is that you know you can't play for more than half an hour without feeling sick, <laughs> and if and it affects you know people in various ways. You know, some people can last longer, some people last you know only a few minutes without feeling like they want to throw up. What are we talking about here? <laughs> talking about strapping screens onto our face okay. I mean, and then getting vertigo <laughs> I mean I think I don't really see I don't really see how this can ever be fully like solved like you know definitely not this generation but like you know I don't know maybe f- refresh rates maybe like head tracking will improve a lot over the you know the next decade or so but like it, you still can't get over the fact it's a screen right in front of your eyes and things are far away when it's actually not. And that always is going to fuck with your brain. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to actually move beyond the screen in front of our eyes before this actually becomes something that everyone can enjoy. Because, um, like, one of the last things, that, do you remember the, the, what was that thing called? The, the thing that Nintendo were going to release it attaches to your finger. Vitality sensor. Yes, one of the last things that Iwata did, when it, people asked him, like, when is this thing coming out? Do you remember he's, he explained why they cancelled it? He said, we could only get it working with, like, 96% of people. So we decided not to go ahead. And it was like, what, wait, what? 96%? Isn't that, surely that's enough, right? <laughs> like, screw the, screw, screw the 4% who can't get it to work, right? right? But, like, with this VR, it's like, it's way more than 4% who feel sick. Like, you know, most people feel sick, you know, at various uh, levels. I don't know, maybe someone like a hardened gamer like Ty can withstand 12 hours of VR gaming. (laughs) I'll let you know. (laughs) But most people don't. So, you know, this is like Gen 1. This is like, you know, the Magnavox Odyssey of VR. You know, this is like before the NES (laughs) levels of VR. And, you know... I mean, it's it's good hearing Sony say like you know it has to be over sixty frames per second to be a PSVR game. You know that's good, but like that's not going to solve everything. And it's so costly. Like PSVR, what do you need? Like four hundred dollar console, four hundred dollar headset, plus the move controls. It's like what almost a thousand dollars, and that's for the quote unquote cheapest VR headset. Right. Uh, Oculus, you know, you're looking at like a con. Uh, you need a decent PC, right? Like at least a grand on a PC, and then the the thing is like $800 plus all the other shit that you need. Yeah. I mean, it's way out of the price range for most people. So you're only going to see tech blogs, video game websites, rich people, you know, playing this game. So, yeah. you know, and it, so that's why it kind of pisses me off, like why podcasts are talking about it so much. It's like yeah. no one is going to be playing this. Very A very small percentage of people are going to be playing these VR games. Well, yeah, that's all people are talking about. <laughs> if I can uh, offer my key insights here. Uh, yeah, it's going to be that way at first, but, you know, like with pretty much all technology ever, it's going to come down in price pretty fast. And, you know, as, as far as we know, in five, ten years, maybe this will be a thing like everyone has. But Do you think, yeah. do you think it could ever be like a Wii-type success, you know, where like literally everyone has one? It could be. Um, your grandma, your parents, helping you set them up? Are they yeah. going to be enjoying it? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, right now, like, I I get the vibe that you think the biggest problem is the pricing, right? 
I think the 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 fact that you know most people feel sick and the the yeah. price. Yeah, like I was gonna say, you know, eye and stomach problems are gonna be number one, but I think that's gonna that's gonna get better over time too as a like you know the optics technology gets better, the the tracking gets better. And I mean, uh, are they, do also, you think we'll ever be able to say we can a hundred percent guarantee that a hundred percent of people will never feel sick? I just don't think that day will ever come. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure my grandmother can't play F Zero on Super Nintendo without <laughs> getting sick. I mean, people right. said the same thing back when, like, you know, the first video games came out where you could spin in a circle. You know, people were throwing up at that shit. Right. And you know, I think. Uh, as technology gets better and also people start getting exposed to this from a younger age, that mm. it's going to be less and less and less of a problem over time. So that means, like, us, our generation, are not part of that. That is, like, my son, or <laughs> he's going to be immune to it if, yeah. he starts, if I start him on Oculus in, for his next birthday. That's right. He's going <laughs> to call you a scrub, and he's going to tell you to get good. Yeah. And I also, can... I think above... The, the price thing as well, I think I would actually put feeling sick at number one. The second would be the fact that you're blocking, it's a complete sensory overload, like you have to block everyone out. Like once you put that on and you've got the headphones in, you can't hear shit and you can't see shit. And yeah, like, well, uh, like, I, like Mark says in his email, you know, people are kicking you in the nuts <laughs> from behind. <laughs> You're always going to have that problem. You look like a complete twat in your living room. Like, excuse me, everyone, I'm just going to go into my VR world now. And then yeah. that just ends all conversations, doesn't it? I, I think that's going to... I think that's going to be solved pretty quick, like uh, by, you know, integrating, you know, some sensors and alerts, like, into the software itself. Well, hardware and software. It's yeah. dinner time. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's no reason like why you can't have like a like if somebody's in the room with you, you can have like a silhouette pop up in the game. Like right. caution idiot, don't punch grandma. Right? I don't think that would be that hard to implement. But that's like Oculus version three, four, isn't it? Right. What? Don't punch grandma. Yeah. <laughs> the, the top of the charts. You you so, can you can punch like grandma as much as you want at the moment. Right. Because you can't see her. You can't see shit with an Oculus on, right? Or a Vive. Cyrus, did you have anything else to add to this, man? So I think just the biggest thing that's definitely affects them is the fact you're locked away in your own little room and you can't see anything. You can't share the experience with anyone. Everyone's just looking at you like a dope. If you're in the leave, you're taking up an entire room worse than a connect takes up an entire room. And, uh, uh, and well, I say I... that as I'm sitting here with a, like a Google Cardboard like right on my lap. <laughs> the future. So, yeah, hey, I got I got a Google box. Cardboard. So I'm not gonna invite people to come over and like watch me play a VR game. It's gonna be between me and my imaginary anime girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that uh, Ty lives alone. So unlike the rest of us in this podcast, so <laughs> damn, <laughs> yeah. burn. So uh, like I got this, and I just got this because it's like I had a new phone. I'm like, ooh, I want to try a cardboard, like VR. So cardboard is like a super ghetto thing. It's like literally made of cardboard. I, I thought it was a joke. 
No, it's literally made of cardboard. Yeah. And you get your phone and you slap it into the middle, and then your phone is now a super ghetto VR setup. And, uh, but it's just it's just the same as just holding your phone in front of your face and go, hey. Except it has these two lenses that like that they split the screen in half so you can only see and it properly focuses them. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. So it does give you a VR experience. A lot of apps made specifically for cardboard only. And uh, it's good for what it is. I would. It makes me want to try a proper VR experience, because yeah. I played like a horror game on this, and it it made me jump pretty bad in a few places. So I, I think love to try the cardboard box onto the floor. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so. I think you know. Do you remember when like Reggie kind of like poo pooed VRs, like you know it's not fun yet or whatever? I mean, I disagree with pretty much everything Reggie says. I think he's an idiot. <laughs> Um, but I think he's actually he kind of nailed it at, in his own way. He kind of got that right. It's it's not ready. I mean, Nintendo are not going to do it until there is a social element to it, and there, it is fun, and no one feels sick. They're not going to do it until that day comes. Um, so I don't think you're going to see a Nintendo VR headset for like another decade, <laughs> at least. And yeah, like... <laughs> virtual boy. <laughs> exactly. I guess they, they, of... learned, they learned their lessons a long time ago. Yeah. I guess kind of going back to kind of what you were saying earlier, James, like, yeah, I mean, a lot of podcasts out there now and just, like, media and press and stuff in general are just talking about how, I mean, okay, and just for, I guess, my personal stance on VR, I'm not, like, against it or anything, but uh, for me personally, it's expensive and I don't want to, I'm sure my wife would love it. Hi, honey, (laughs) I'm just going to sit here and play a virtual, you know, a, a fucking VR game for a couple hours, have fun, you know, Please don't, you know, turn off the TV or the PlayStation or whatever. You know, whatever the hell. I don't think that'll work for me in my situation. I think maybe in Japan too. It, uh, I don't know. This is kind of a weird thing, but I, I like the idea of VR. I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that you could potentially do with it. Um, me yeah, too. I, I sounded kind of negative. I do think it's cool and like in a kind of a a, a fixed setting, like in um. I don't know, like, I don't know what kind of setting it would be, like a, a cafe or a bar, or like a game bar. You would go there, you would experience it uh, with your friends or whatever, and you would go home. You know, that kind of thing, it would be fine. But, like, I just don't see this being in everyone's house, you know, and, yeah. but I think, you know, you and know, families I, playing it. <laughs> I brought up a good point. I mean, basically, maybe kids nowadays who, and then maybe, you know, some years in the future who might get these things when they obviously come down in price, and then it's going to get to a point where the grandpa's that, you know, just like whoever that we showed, like, Super Mario Kart, and they just get sick. You know, <laughs> we're going to be those people one of these days. But not Ty. I'll always <laughs> right. be cool. I'll be hip forever. Well, like James said, you know, like, it's expensive and it sucks and it won't catch <laughs> on in every household every everywhere. But, you know, people said the exact same thing about, you know, the internet and computers and video games and telephones and televisions, you know, this is just a just a step we have to take as we uh, sail headlong into the future and get ever closer to having uh, straight up holodecks. <laughs> we have to deal with this shit before we can get there. I don't know. I'm just having like a hard time picturing how this could be adopted. I mean, yeah, like you know, in like what 20 years, I'm going to be the old idiot. I'm still I'm an idiot now anyway, but that doesn't matter. But you good. <laughs> yeah, but like I just don't see how this can take over or be as revolutionary as something like the internet, TV, or even it, it, something like even the Wii. 
I, I'm having trouble seeing how it can potentially get to that point. I'm not saying it's not it's not going to be successful at all. I'm not saying it's going to flop hard. Uh, maybe Sony PlayStation VR they're going to sink way too much money into it and you know <laughs> take a huge ass loss and have to pull the plug maybe. But that's Sony being Sony. But, but it's it's still weird. Like you know that Facebook bought Oculus for like a billion dollars. If they can actually do something. What do they do I mean, with it? They're not doing anything with it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'd imagine that's coming, and maybe that's the type of stuff that we would need to see for this to get huge market and stuff like Ty's talking about, stuff that's going to change the way people live their lives and interact with media or whatever the hell. It's just going to be like a fancy video phone for Facebook, isn't it? It's like you put it on and you can see a virtual <laughs> representation of your friends or whatever, but <laughs> kind of weird. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna disagree with you guys. I I think it's it's one of those things that's that is gonna change the world. It's gonna be fucking amazing. But how how old are you gonna be before that happens? Uh, fifty three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're a couple of decades away from it being actually viable. Um, but it's it's kind of cool, like being in the Gen One era now. But I just wish people would stop talking about it like it's going to happen, you know, by next year, everyone's going to have one and everyone's going to be having it in everyone's living room. No. Yeah, that, that, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> Way that, too... That's optimistic, but... Yeah. 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 Maybe in a few years, maybe. In about, in about five years, most people might have tried it out, but I don't think people are going to be, like, you know, having them in their house. Sure. Everyone, right? Yeah. All right. Well, and also, there's no games. <laughs> there are no <laughs> legit games, right? <laughs> that's the kind of thing. That's a. That's I, I'm trying to problem. find this video of this woman playing like this scary game and like getting the shakes and screaming nonstop. <laughs> I'll pass yeah, it like, to you guys when I find it. I love horror games. Like I love horror movies. I love horror games. I love being scared shitless when I'm playing anything. So that's why I would love to play a proper horror game on this. I'm gonna try and book tickets in like in uh, in Odaiba in in Japan at the moment. There's like a VR theme park, which means it has five VR games. Mm. But you can uh, you can have to you have to pre-register, and they've got like there's one kind of game doing the rounds of the internet at the moment of you have to save a cat. Oh uh, yeah, like, I saw that. Yeah, the cat is like on the end of this plank of wood like suspended off the top of a skyscraper mm-hmm. and so you have to walk out on this plank and catch the cat and apparently it's absolutely terrifying so I really want to give that oh, I a saw that I saw that yeah. God they I like they, they strap you up in like full safety gear to add the illusion even though you're just walking on a platform like in this small room and they make you walk on a physical plank like it's an actual prop yeah. you walk on so it feels like you're walking on a plank, and then the VR goggles make it feel like you're 100 stories up while doing it. So I, I found the video. I'm sending it to you guys. Yeah, hmm. so uh, I would love to try that, and uh, I will totally try and book myself in at some point. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for feedback for today. Thank you guys for all the good questions and stuff like that. Uh, keep them coming. Uh, Famicast at NintendoWorldReport.com. The Famicast on Twitter. Thank you for emails. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go we got, ahead. We got some tweets, by the way. Oh, did we? Go ahead and read that out, then. Um, one from uh, Lady Lindis. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
on Twitter. Um, I run a poll on the, the Famicast Twitter account, ask them what's their favorite kind of uh, question they like answered, and uh, life in Japan seemed to be the most popular. Gamey and life in Japani were the top two answers. And uh, yeah, Lady Linda says that um, she likes that because she um, she's feels that she learns something new every episode <laughs> when she hears us talk about Japan. So yeah, thanks for that. And yeah, glad we could be of service. I can't believe anyone could, would use this podcast as a source of information, but there you go. <laughs> I'm sure this episode uh, was uh, was interesting for people who are interested in Japanese culture and stuff. Mm. Yeah, Douglas Hill, who wrote the, uh, the email, also said the same thing. He likes the life in Japan stuff. So yeah, and also Russ Greeno is uh, trolling once again. Uh, <laughs> I think this is aimed at uh, Cyrus. Cyrus oh, says, uh, "What did Cyrus was um, tweeting when the earthquake happened in southern Japan?" And <laughs> but he says Cyrus said uh, uh, he's up in Tokyo, so it's not even a shake. And then Russ Greeno goes, "Damn, I wait to be on the Famicast." Continues. So I guess he was hoping. <laughs> Hoping that Cyrus would be crushed to death in the earthquake. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. That was that was that was nice. Nice. <laughs> Alas, Cyrus is uh, alive and well. <laughs> but yeah, like I said to Russ, he's never going to be on the show, so never going to happen. Yeah, from my cold dead hands. <laughs> he's going to be the next one to come to Japan, but for a whole different reason. <laughs> Arm to the teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
wanted to do something I haven't done for a while. It's my uh, Hyper Troll get of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, not mine, I mean, from around the web. You know, people use the hashtag, and I like to keep an eye on it, see what people are using it for. Um, there's a good one here from Johnny Metz. Um, this is <laughs> this is from a while back, actually, but this was um, about the fact that the one of the, the DS games that they offered as a download, could, um, you had to actually store it on the 3DS internal memory, oh. um, because they couldn't work out a way to have it on the store on the SD card. And Johnny, in one of the forum threads, said, um, I'm so glad this is finally happening. Happening. I mean, it's too bad the implementation isn't more graceful, but doing that would require an intimate knowledge of the system architecture and access to the firmware that we just can't expect Nintendo to possibly have. So, well done, Johnny. I'm going to give you the uh, Hypertron get of the week for that one. Nice. Please understand. All right. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to point out here, uh, Nintendo World Report, we are on Patreon right now. And uh, if you don't know what that is, basically... Give us money. Yeah, give us money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's stuff basically to help out with the site. If you feel like, you know, the content on Nintendo World Report, all the podcasts, all the video content, reviews, news, all that stuff, if you feel like, man, you know, maybe we should chip in some money for this, uh, yeah, check this stuff out. And it's not going to, like, pay our salaries or something like that. A lot of it's just, you know, for, like, upkeep. And uh, you can also get, like... I think where we have some kind of like exclusive content that uh, backers and stuff will get. So, News. Uh, <laughs> yes. So check that out. This type of I, I guarantee that no one on this podcast is getting a single dollar of it. So. <laughs> oh fuck! But... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. Yeah. We won't so, be getting any of it, but yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It'll help the site. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys, you know, for joining me here. Uh, James, as always, it's, I guess, a pleasure. I don't know. It's, it's something. The pleasure was all yours, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's Cy. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yay! It's Cyrus. Yes. And Ty, always good to hang out with Ty. It really is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's going to do it. So we'll catch you guys next time. Later. Peace. Peace, brothers. Peace.